this isn't the thing episode. <laughs> we are not. Well, we're doing uh, an episode on a thing, but not the thing. Not the thing. This is uh, yeah. the dude, the man. <laughs> dude, I've done so much research in the last fucking like four days that I, my eyes hurt. Uh, I don't. I'm. I don't think. Well, I definitely won't watch MMA until John fights next week. Yeah. Uh, I, it broke my spirit. It was like fighting John Jones. Was doing <laughs> yeah. all the research for this episode. Um, so the podcast is the fifth round, right? Yeah, and, and I that's... didn't even. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I'm in the. Yeah. I'm in the championship rounds. He's taking me to deep waters because I. <laughs> It was like eleven fifteen last night. I had watched like four hours straight of John Jones fights, yeah. and my I was like, now I got to get into his controversies, and his controversies are longer than his fights. It could be its own podcast, just the controversies. Yeah, it's yeah. it is. Uh, <laughs> I lived most of this, almost all of it. There, there's. I'll talk to you about when I got in, but like, and then I was eventually just like. Oh man, I forgot he did it again. He fucked up again. <laughs> oh, he's got to stop. What is a picogram? Yeah. Um, so maybe we just go without an intro. I I I'll just play the stinking theme song at the beginning of this thing. Yeah. All you intro freaks only listen to us talk about other nerd shit. Uh, we got alien movies sandwiching this whole thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So welcome to Snark Marks Podcast, everybody. <laughs> Uh, we are a very funny podcast out of the Central Valley of California. I'm Andrew. That's Dusty. Uh, hey. For for those of you who are who are uh, joining from my various MMA forums, I am formerly Andrew Samar Paul Hardass. <laughs> you know, I don't think that I ever knew what your MMA uh, handle was. Yeah, it's a play on. There's there's an old. It's a, it's. A, I never thought it was clever. You know what I mean? There's an old. Sure. Uh, there's a there's an MMA. Uh, well, he's more. He's like a jujitsu guy, but he he fought a lot of MMA. Named Husmar Paul Harris. He's a genuine psychopath. Uh, yeah. There's there's there. He did. I'm not gonna get into it like crazy, but like he doesn't let go of submissions. He's got the biggest arms you've ever seen in your life. They're as big as my waist. And Husmar Paul Harris, Andrew Smart Paul Hardass. That's how that happened. Sure. Okay. And uh, the only reason I say that is because I, I, I ventured into my old MMA forums to ask them a couple questions. Well, a question about how people saw John Jones before everybody knew he was a scumbag. And uh, I got some really good answers from those guys. So thank you to uh, MixedMartialArts.com, the UG, and uh, the MMACommunity.com. I uh, really appreciate you guys. Spent a lot of time back in there. It probably, uh, MMA forums like stunted my growth as a human being for a while. I was going to say, how did it feel to not be uh, on company time and talking to these MMA forums? Yeah. A lot of people talking to me on those things. Don't realize that I did that the whole time getting paid. <laughs> and the, the how many times my boss walked up to me while I was like in the middle of arguing with somebody over like Nick Diaz. <laughs> yeah. I, I think Fedor's just picked tomato cans for most of his career. <laughs> I'd probably be undefeated too. Hey, what's up? What can I do for you? Yeah. No, no, I did not send that check out. I <laughs> forgot. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll be like, yeah, yeah, I'll get right to that. Then I go back. He does not intentionally finger uh, uh, <laughs> put his fingers in people's eyes. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Like, well, it's mostly crazy that like that website was 
accessible from <laughs> our work. Dude, uh, I found out pretty much every website was accessible from our work. Everything they told us was bullshit because they would be like, "We track and get a report of the ten most, uh, the ten people who use the internet the most on company time." And it's like, no, you don't, because I would have gotten a fucking email. One hundred percent. There's yeah. nobody who spends more time on the internet than I do. <laughs> Look, there is nobody who is quiet quitting at their job harder than Andrew. <laughs> harder than Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> Give me I another pr- promotion. Yeah, I take pride in it. I'm the John Jones <laughs> of not doing my work while I'm at work. Yeah, no yeah. matter where you go, I'm coming for you. Yeah. Whoever <laughs> thinks they spend more more time on nothing at work. Yeah. I would go on our opiates, Reddit opiates, and just look at what all the junkies are doing. <laughs> if if, uh, I would, if you think that you spend more time uh, bullshitting at work than I do, I'll literally kill you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you say some stupid shit like that. <laughs> so, I would never let you do that. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, kill you. follow us on all of the podcast apps. Uh, hit that follow button. Uh, we talk about a lot of cool stuff. A lot of pro wrestling in our past. Check that out. We got pro wrestling in our future, too, because right. uh, we're a couple of marks. It's in the name. <laughs> and then uh, follow us on fa- uh, Instagram and Twitter at SnarkMarksPod. We're on Facebook <laughs> as well. Um, Dusty's on Twitter at SnarkMarkD. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Andrew Idell. I-D-E-L-L. It's the first time I've given my real identity to those forum dorks. So, uh... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, way to tell you. uh, In true... Uh, Commissioner Idell heel fashion just turn right around and bite the hand that feeds you. They know who they yeah. are. They, and they yeah. would do that to me. <laughs> it's true. a bunch of fucking degenerates, bro. They're they're the worst, but they're the I, best. <laughs> uh, so, I'm both uh, among them and not one of them. Yeah. I, I, I got them, out. I, love, I yeah. got out. I, I posted bail and left years ago. And yeah. I haven't, but anyway. Um, I, I I love MMA. I've been an MMA fan for a long time. And uh, one of the greatest fighters to ever live, John Jones, is coming back to fight next week for the heavyweight title. He's never fought a heavyweight. And uh, I was like, we have to, like, we have to go through the story of John Jones. Um, because it's been tumultuous. It's been crazy. The youngest UFC champion of all time, this, like, physical freak who uh, studied... He's basically like if Greg Maddox had Randy Johnson's body and was also Mike Tyson, like <laughs> like outside of the yeah. outside of competition. You know what I mean? Like, and uh, he's he's a choir boy, son of a pastor, who is always always as uh, as uh, Daniel Cormier once put it, sandblasting hookers, and uh, <laughs> right. He's a He's a man of uh, he's a, he's a man of many layers, you know. <laughs> he's a complicated he contain, guy. He contains multitudes, really. Yeah, and so we're gonna do we're gonna tell the story of John Jones today. This is in no ways comprehensive. There's a lot to do with John Jones. I didn't cover. I'm not gonna cover any of the tweets that he has posted and then subsequently deleted. John Jones is the king of that. Um, we will go over the eye pokes for those of you who really care about that, um, but that's a little bit later. And I'm not gonna. We're not gonna really touch on every single fight, but I gave John, I gave Dusty a list of fights that I thought were relevant for one reason or another uh, in John Jones' career. And I think ultimately we ended up watching ten fights. Uh, I was gonna no, say, we ended up watching twelve, thirteen fights. I was gonna say it feels pretty comprehensive. Yeah, well, the, <laughs> the amount of work 
that uh, that we did. But I can't uh, be upset at you because I made you watch WrestleMania five. You know, yeah, I mean? dude, this is you. So, I, I still, owe, I still owe you. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, we're gonna do a lot. We're gonna do a deep dive of who's the most boring fighter. Well, we'll do every GSP decision. <laughs> <laughs> Gray Maynard career Gray. retrospective. <laughs> I just uh, watched him get kicked in the face by Ryan Hall a bunch of times. Um, yeah. So yeah, I. I am also a big fan of MMA. I watched a lot of the early UFCs. John Fitch, uh, that's who it's going to be. It's going to be John yeah, Fitch. I'm going to make you Fitch watch a bunch of John Fitch fights. Go yeah. ahead, sorry. Um, no, I watched a lot of the early UFCs, uh, obviously from video stores, because they put the UFC in the same section as the wrestling videos, which I'm sure Zufo was thrilled about. And Dusty, uh, Dusty couldn't tell the difference. Well, I was this, just like... This wrestling thing has Kevin Randleman. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, do I watch Royal Rumble 1990 again? Or I try this UFC too? And I remember watching the UFC and just being like, man, a lot of this is pretty boring, but they did kick that one guy right in the face. So that's pretty <laughs> cool. Uh, we, uh, Sarah and I watched Creed last night she never seen creed the boxing movie yeah i still uh, haven't seen that i've heard it's good it's good um we were watching it and in the last fight she's like this is so crazy and uh, how do they fight like that and i was like oh this is not representative of real boxing <laughs> this is movie boxing because re- no one would stand there and get hit with as many combos as they get hit with in that movie and be able to still stand you most know? most no one shout out to don fry you know what i mean but uh, uh, sure yeah don dan henderson but yeah. like uh most of the time these guys are blocking and there's a lot of uh pawn your fist out to see if you can hit a guy yeah uh, and then a few combos you know but cinematic boxing that's everybody's throwing haymakers <laughs> all all the day long you know yeah i was i was i was listening to my dad watch a video a movie the other day and it was like my dad watches b movies and now he's into like b christian movies and there's like uh, a christian boxing movie <laughs> yeah it sounded like the worst just pile of horse shit that ever existed <laughs> um but what well, did you did you ever see the movie warrior no. With uh, Tom Hardy. It's an MMA movie. It's pretty good. But, like, they're throwing suplexes in that thing that nobody throws. Like, yeah. uh, you know, the the level of, like, overhead Germans and stuff. is like, that's not. <laughs> I You can't do that without cooperation. It looks awesome. But very rarely are you going to be able to throw a dude like that. Uh, even if you can do it, the other guy's going to fight you on it. So suplex city dog, you gotta, you gotta, sometimes you gotta show somebody, you know what I mean? Um, so real quick, uh, before we get into the history, um, and when we, when we get to it, I want you to, do you know the first time you saw John Jones fight? Uh, yes. Okay. So just, uh, did we, was it one of the fights we watched today? Yes. Okay, cool. Um, so. Real quick, I want to go over some of my sources uh, because I'm not going to be citing them as I like go because that would be boring as shit. So um, sue me. You know what I mean? At least I'm acknowledging yeah. you. So uh, <clears throat> there's um, for early stuff, John Jones video, a look at his early pre-FC, pre-UFC fights uh, by Bleacher Report, or Joe Chacone. Um, and then we've got The Athletic. I signed up for The Athletic for this shit for one article. <laughs> Yeah. I paid for uh, behind a paywall, which I don't like doing. You know what I mean? Right. Greg Rosenstein wrote anything he wanted. He just did. Remembering John Jones first, first UFC title 10 years later for the athletics. Very good. It's a very good article about the Shogun fight. Uh, something I used a lot was Sportsnet. Uh, it was a timeline 
of the rise and fall of UFC superstar John Jones. It was really good for like giving the dates because it would be like, you know, there's a fight, but then did it has did he get a DUI between these two fights, or did yeah. he get a DUI <laughs> after the next? You know what I mean? Um, so yeah. that's more Sportsnet uh, by Mike Johnston. Um, Wikipedia, obviously, just because I was like looking at like the timeline of his uh, fight record. Uh, Bleacher Report has an article about his history with Rashad Evans. That's by Stephen Rondina. Um, and then I used the MMA forums that I mentioned before. 12 Questions for John Jones uh, by Jack Incarnasa. It's not Incarnacion. Incarnacao. Incarnacao, whatever your name is. Uh, for sure, dog. <laughs> Jack E. <laughs> he wrote a 12 Questions for John Jones uh, interview, which was very interesting. Uh, Bleacher Report had uh, the complete timeline of the Cormier beef by uh, Scott Harris, um, which was really cool. And that's it. So uh, I might have used something else, but sue me once again. So uh, <clears throat> I tried. Um, so let's start off with early life. Um, John was born. Did you know that? That he did not descend. No, I didn't come out of the, the, the side of somebody's belly through via immaculate conception. Um, All right. He was born July 19th, 1987 in upstate New York to Arthur and Camille Jones. I don't know if Camille's last name is Jones. Right. Camille's a good name. Solid name. Yeah. Matronly name. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, his mom passed away like recently, like five years ago or something, like three years ago, something like that with diabetes. Um, Arthur was a pastor, um, which is going to, this is going to be a trend in the John Jones uh, story is his relationship with God. Um, because John Jones is a Christian. I believe that he actually believes in God. I believe that he uh, uh, believes in the Bible. It was like they're pre- they're Pentecostal apparently. Um, and uh, but you know, <laughs> right? Sure. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, John's John's brothers are Arthur and Chandler Jones, uh, both defensive ends in the NFL. Yeah, uh, Chandler Jones. Very well known for uh, playing for the Patriots. I believe won a Super Bowl with them. Uh, at one time, might have had the sack record. And Arthur Jones is a big uh, fella for the yeah. Baltimore Ravens. Uh, so two high, high-level athletes as his brothers. Uh, you know, the top 1% of people play in the NFL. And they're like stars in the NFL. So, yeah. And uh, he... Like Chandler, Chandler scored a touchdown last year. Uh, the hilarious touchdown at the end of that Patriots game where they oh yeah, what, they tried to throw the lateral. The yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, he just completely face smashed Derek Carr on his way to the end zone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he mushroom stamped him. But <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we, uh, the story has always been like we've all in MMA spheres and like, you know, they, they have these narratives as it goes. There's a lot of narratives when it comes to John Jones. One of the narratives is that he like kind of grew up getting picked on by Arthur and Chandler brotherly. Like they were always uh, from what I understand close, but like he had two brothers, he was big, but he had two brothers who were bigger than him and uh, they would mess with him. Um, And that you hear that a lot from people who are high level fighters or who are high level competitors in general. They had big brothers who were, who they were always trying to keep up with, which makes sense. Yeah, well, and it also explains, like, some of John Jones' attitude is, like, he has this chip on his shoulder that you would have to think, like, 
how could that happen to you when you're you're this athletic and you're this good at the thing you're doing uh until you realize like even he had bullies you know uh, along the way for him yeah and he was he was a pretty good football player from what i read in high school and was an excellent wrestler and all of that but like he just went a different way i'm sure he could, probably if he had committed himself could have played in the nfl uh if the the link to his brothers is any indication he would have had to put on a bunch of weight but i i don't doubt yeah. john jones for shit you know what i mean um right. and <clears throat> he got the nickname bones apparently in football in high school uh because he was skinny and he's st- yeah. i mean i can't say he still is skinny because he he put on a bunch of weights to, weight to fight at heavyweight but the coming in coming up he was always the guy with extreme physical gifts he was crazy strong he was the longest fighter ever, and uh, but he was still like skinny. One, in one of the fights, John uh, Joe Rogan said that his his legs are comically thin, which um, I took offense to. Uh, but <laughs> sure, to be honest, but uh, it was true. So uh, I saw a clip where he said that his freshman high school record was like five and thirty-five, or something like that. Take everything that John Jones says with a grain of salt. I'm not saying that that was – I didn't look into this claim. It could be completely true. But um, he was the high school state wrestling champion um, at, uh, I think it was Endicott High School in in New York. Um, and he, won, he went on to Iowa Central Community College where he was – he had D, D1 wrestling talent. I mean, he was, he was a state champion. But um, according to him, he didn't have grades. Um, he was offered a full ride – but I think it got revoked because he didn't have the grades to go to Iowa State, yeah, which is a wrestling powerhouse um, in Division One. I. I think that's when Kale Sanderson was there too, um, and Kale Sanderson's going to come up later. Uh, funny enough, but uh, so he went to Iowa Central Community College, and uh, he while he was there, he he went to a tournament and beat like a bunch of D one guys. Like he beat Max Askren and like. He Jones could have wrestled D1 for sure, and he yeah. showed that by winning the junior college national championship in wrestling. Well, and he probably went to that Iowa community college under the idea of like, hey, get your grades up, do a couple, do a year of this or two years of this, then you can transfer to Iowa and you have your eligibility to wrestle for a D1. Like that could have been the path because that yeah. happens to a lot of guys who have talent but don't have grades, you go play at a community college, then you transfer to, like, a, a legitimate powerhouse school. Yeah, and that is the idea. And uh, But his girlfriend got pregnant. So he he, uh, he stuck around and, and didn't end up going and wrestling at Iowa, uh, Iowa State. Um, while at Iowa Central, he roomed with uh, one Joe, one bad mofo Soto. Um, ah, who we've seen running. Yeah, <laughs> who we've seen running down the street. So... Joe Soto uh, in, in, in MMA spheres, a lot of people know that this, like it's not everybody, a lot of people know that he roomed with John Jones growing up um, at Iowa Central, but um, for those of you who didn't know that, Joe Soto is the guy who got knocked out by TJ Dillashaw. He came in and he like, uh, I think Hennon Burrell, I think, uh, passed out while wait, cutting weight or something and had to go to the hospital. And Joe Soto stepped in and made a good record of himself and, and uh, got knocked out by uh, Dillashaw in the fifth round. Um, Joe Soto is an amazing jiu-jitsu fighter. His striking was never there. He's from my hometown, Borderville, California. Um, and, yeah, J- Dusty and I would go on walks at, at uh, 
uh, at the bank we were talking about, and we'd be mid talking, and I'd be like, "Hey, that's Joe Soto," and he's just walking around right past us, yep. uh, like right after that happened. So it was pretty cool. But um, apparently, Joe Soto already wanted to be a fighter at the time, which I can corroborate based on certain things in uh, in Porterville here. Joe Joe was a great high school wrestler as well, um, and Joe introduced John to fighting, um, and. John's an interesting guy, man. I think Joe knew Joe knew John was like a dirt ball. You know what I mean? He was like a degenerate. But sure. John at this time was was presenting himself, and he still tries to do this, which is hilarious. But he uh, as a choir boy, um, he always wanted people to see him as a pure Christian boy. Uh, one thing that the the boys on the um, on both MMA uh, forums that I asked, they reminded me that. <laughs> John did an interview with SureDog. I found the interview. That's the one that I that I cited earlier. He said, "I didn't smoke weed. I always snitched on the kids who smoke weed." Uh, I was. Uh, he said, "I." He said, "Sorry for all the potheads out there. I was kind of a snitch." <laughs> and he was like, "I was just down for people doing the right thing. My parents kind of raised me to be a good guy. I've always been down for the good side, I guess." And everybody's bullshit meter. <laughs> <laughs> flew right in the other direction yeah look yeah. out for the people saying that you know what i mean yeah. like the, if this if this were polito fact that would be a pants on fire pants on fire. Uh, <laughs> yeah yeah the well i i think both of us having uh grown up in churches uh also understand like without without getting too into it like that it's very difficult from a young age to be told all these things are bad and there's a place called hell and it's very likely that you're going to go there uh and your dad be a pastor and you have all of this talent and the whole world uh basically available to you and then you get out on your own and like of course you know you know like without without having proper structures and people around you to because being a christian shouldn't be the only reason why you don't do yeah uh, bad stuff but if you don't have the the right infrastructure christian or no like it's easy to fall into those things once you have the means to fall into them it's like kinking a hose you know uh and yeah he, he even said he was never allowed to one he was never once allowed to spend the night at his friend's house so it's like john jones is like a ringing endorsement of sheltering your kids right <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah, so outside of he leaves Iowa, he um, he trains in MMA for a few months and gets his first pro MMA fight. And this is one of the fights that I sent you that we watched. Um, yeah, his uh, first MMA fight is against Brad Bernard at FFP Untamed, uh, which yeah, bro. Uh, the YouTube of the the YouTube video of this fight exists. You can hear the very like New Englandy. Uh, commentators for this fight yeah. uh, that are like this fucking guy. Yeah, the guy, guy <laughs> uh, in the front row is yelling, yeah, hit him with chowder. Yeah, it's uh, from April the 12th. Hit him with chowder is what I went with. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a, uh, a bag a of chowder. <laughs> April the 8th, 2008. Um, apparently, Brad Bernard, his opponent, is 2-0 coming into the tonight's fight, but came out to a song called Can't Be Stopped. So that's... Uh, I thought it was 0-2, right? Wasn't he 0-2? Yeah. yeah you said 2-0. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And that, that's that's what I wrote. I was, it's, it's an irony. Peak irony. Because he, 
I mean, he he might not be able to like not be stopped. Uh, sure. Because he's <laughs> imagine being an zero and two guy, <laughs> being billed as a barroom brawler because yep. that's what they were saying, and you have to fight fucking John Jones, <laughs> any version of John Jones. <laughs> sure. Yeah. The uh, John Jones is fighting out of the bomb squad. Cool camp fight name. Hell yeah! I <laughs> yeah. like that. I like that. Um, yeah, so this fight immediate like you can immediately tell John Jones wrestling pedigree. Like he goes for the back, he tries to get a rear naked choke, then he slams Bernard with a suplex and hits an uppercut from the ground and then a kick to the side of Brad Bernard, and that's it. It's over. Like Yeah, it's it's a minute and thirty two seconds into round one. Uh yeah. j- j- the the suplex was cool. It was like belly to belly and he had double overhooks and just just yeah. yeeted him backwards and yeah and brad bernard was not prepared he's like for... what the fuck is that like as he yeah. as he flipped around and john is like when the when it lands john is already kind of he's not in he's i don't think he's inside control because i think bernard i can't remember what position they're exactly in but john's on the side of him and john puts his arm up in the air like celebrating getting the suplex yeah. and then just starts fucking pounding this guy <laughs> with his left hand yeah. and uh the announcers do not like John Jones. <laughs> no. Uh, first, there's some confusion about what happened to Bernard as yeah. far as like the end of the fight. And it's very clear that while Bernard's trying to get up, John Jones hits him with an uppercut and the dude just falls over on his face. Yeah. And the announcer, <laughs> they're showing that on the replay. They're showing yeah. John Jones just smashing the guy in the face. And the announcer's like, I don't know what happened to Bernard. <laughs> <laughs> and then he looks at the ref and the ref doesn't do anything. So Jones kicks him in the body fucking hard. Yeah. Soccer <laughs> and, kick to the ribs. And, uh, which is legal. That is a legal technique. Yeah, he didn't yeah. kick him in the head. And the announcers, the, they fixate on that. They're like, that's not cool. <laughs> you shouldn't have done that. They're like, well, the bell didn't ring. Nobody's told him to stop. It's a fight. So they may fight. Uh, yeah. And he was like, he, I can't remember exactly how he said it, but he said something like, uh, He's like, he's got to work on the, the, the sportsmanship department or something yeah. like and that. They're giving off big, like, shut up and dribble vibes where they're like, this guy's t- got too much pride and he's uh, he's enjoying the fact that he beat the shit out of this team They stopped much. just short of saying the word uppity. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so but like, yeah, John, John beats shit out of this guy and uh, this barroom brawler. And um, <laughs> it's not even fair. Like, I, and that's the thing. Like, if you have local MMA where you live, you should go once. If you're not a big MMA guy, you should at least go to see the ruffians and the weirdos and the derelicts that they round up for some of these low-level MMA things where it's just a guy who, like, fights. He likes to fight. He doesn't know how to actually fight. He's in basketball uh, shorts. And, like, I, that, at, the, at the, the casino near me, it's like... Uh, they have two walkout songs. It's cro- it's uh, it's uh, <laughs> what is it? Bodies by Drowning Pool, yeah. and I think they have Crawling by Lincoln Park, which is a, which, uh, admittedly a dope song. Uh, sure, but uh, it's if a native fights, it's the craziest shit you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. Um, it's I saw a guy get punched and he fell back into the cage and the cage door flew open and he flipped <laughs> out of the cage like yeah. the, the you will see the levels of professionalism uh between the like the various stages of mma because mma is still so new 
like relative to other sports that it's still got a lot of scumbaggery at the very low at the low levels of it oh uh, yeah i guess not unlike wrestling you know yeah you're gonna you're gonna see guys just tough guys sign up for fights i know multiple i have multiple friends who like barely trained and was like yeah i had an mma fight at the casino it's like really and he's like both the guys that i know that that is the case they're like yeah i got my ass kicked but you know it was crazy right <laughs> but so that's how this goes and <clears throat> to further exhibit that that fight was april 12th 2008 okay John Jones then went on to fight and finish opponents on April 19th, April 25th, May 9th, June 20th, July 12th, and then made his UFC debut on August 9th. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's also a big thing in like early MMA. It's like you'll fight a bunch because I don't know how strict the commissions for all of these things are. And a lot of them were in different cities. So a lot of them, like, yeah. they didn't, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's not like they're communicating with each other and shit. And John yeah. probably isn't taking, I didn't watch the rest of the fights. I know he's finished, he fucked everybody up. So he Yeah, he's not taking damage. Uh, and it's like, you're not really getting paid. There's no, the infrastructure is so loose, like you said. It's like we're trying to solve the Zodiac killer murders before the internet, you know? Yes. Yeah, like, so uh, when's the last time you fought i don't know oh you feel like fighting yeah all right well you can fight that guy yeah and, do you uh, have and a cup and a mouthpiece yeah yeah it's technically a pro fight because he's getting paid for it so yeah so he so he had his first professional fight april 12 2008 by august 9 2008 he is what six and oh and is making his ufc debut um and just for the record uh on that july 12th fight um which was his last fight before his UFC debut, he is billed as John Sexual Chocolate Jones. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I thought that he should have always went as Jonathan Jonas Bonus uh, <laughs> as a, uh, introducing Jonathan. Jonathan. Jonas Bonus. That, that sounds like uh, Biggest Dickus from uh, Monty Python, and yeah. uh, I think that's The Life of Brian. Um, <laughs> yeah, John Bones Jones is one of the best – I think one of the best MMA nicknames. I, I think my my favorite one might be the Dean of Mean, Keith Jardine, but <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know if you can beat that one. So, um, but to put it in perspective, uh, John is 20 years old when he fights the barroom brawler. Oh, what the fuck is his name again? Brad Bernard. Um, less than three years later, John Jones is the youngest UFC champion of all time. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the the next fight is against Andre Guzmao, uh at UFC 87. And whenever I saw the 87, I was like, Jesus, because that seems like so long ago. But this is still, this is the first, we're still riding what I would consider the first wave of huge UFC popularity, you know, uh, after the first Ultimate Fighter and you got Stefan Bonner and Forrest Griffin and those guys. I still, I think this is still the building, the cresting of that particular wave. It just seems so long ago. Yeah. And, you know, Jones, uh, we didn't watch it, but Jones fights and fucks up Stefan Bonner soon. And, like, uh, yeah. the, this, uh, this is like the, the tail end of Chuck and Tito and all these things. And, and it is like, I'd say a golden era of MMA. I, I, I a lot of people would say the golden era of MMA. Um, and I can't really disagree with that. Like the tail end of the golden era, cause you got pride and all that stuff. But I, I call, I call, uh, the McGregor bump a bit of a golden era as well. Cause MMA was just insane at that time. We'll do an episode yeah. on that soon. But, uh, so yeah, he fights Goose Mao. 
um his striking is not good <laughs> yeah um but he's only been training uh mma for nine months at this point like yeah. technically training mma i mean he's mm -hmm. got all of his wrestling which is really uh the thing that's puts him above uh his opponent here because he he doesn't get taken down he's never in danger of that but like his striking is not particularly great at all and joe rogan is quick quick to point it out yeah yeah and it yeah. was it was rudimentary and he, he was sloppy and he was he was throwing from a mile away and uh he didn't have timing very well and um he would basically uh he would be like trying to strike then be like what am i doing and then take him down like yeah uh because he he hits a great throw uh, uses physical gifts like crazy. He just he. What we'll see with John is he's he's so heavy, like he just wears on you, and he's so long, and he has he has all this leverage from all these weird angles. Like I've never seen a guy who can be like staring at you like this and then reach down for your ankle like an ankle pick. Like he yeah. he did that to a lot of guys. Uh, uh yeah. There's uh at the in the first round he does a slam, uh, and then tries a few spinning attacks at the end of the round. Uh, and then he like Jones uh, does eat a couple of good shots in the second round. Yeah, from, he got hit quite uh, a bit in this fight from Goosemouth. And then at the and then in the end, uh, he uses his wrestling for a takedown with about a minute left, which secures that round for him in my mind. Uh, they go the distance. It's thirty twenty seven on two of the scorecards and twenty nine twenty eight for a unanimous decision by John Jones. Uh, did you notice that one of Goose Mouse sponsors was the MMA Madhouse? Oh like, yeah, hell it's yeah! Spelled dude. M M A D House, yeah, yeah, so hell Madhouse. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude! Uh, Madhouse, bro. <laughs> yeah. And I've never seen this referee. Whoever this referee was, I've never seen him. Oh, uh, dude, he had killer burns. He had killer <laughs> sideburns, yeah, bro. The... He couldn't have been more a 2005 MMA referee and he, it was 2008. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. And, uh, he, he just didn't know what to do with John Jones physically. Like this is when you start to see like, what the fuck do you do with this guy? Like yeah. he is so much bigger than everybody else. He's longer than everybody else. He's a light heavyweight, but he's got, he's tied for the longest reach in the history of, uh, of UFC with, uh, 80, is it 84 and a half? Yeah, 84 and a half. And he's tied with, I think, Stefan Struve, who's 6'11". You know what I mean? And also stinks. Can't use his reach for shit. <laughs> hey, he knocked out Stipe. I hate Stefan Struve. <laughs> I hate him. I uh, hate him, uh, and I hate him probably mostly because he's so goddamn hard to fight in the UFC video games. <laughs> like, they make him, <laughs> they make more effective computer Struve makes better use of his range than real-life Struve. Dude, uh, Alistair Overeem almost killed that man. Uh, so that yeah. you can you can thank that uh, Alistair Overeem. But uh, so yeah, he uh, John Jones goes on to to beat Stephen Bonner and Jake O'Brien. Stephen Bonner is like kind of a kind of a checkpoint win for Jones, and this is when a lot of people started to realize, oh, this guy might be something serious because Stephen Bonner was never like elite of the elite or anything like that. But he had really close fights against uh, Forrest Griffin. Like he nobody yeah. was killing Stephen Bonner, um, but nobody. Nobody had beaten him as widely as John Jones did, um, and John Jones and that's was still also a unanimous decision win uh, for Jones, where he showed more of his wrestling too. Because yeah, he big... did some he did some crazy shit against Stephen Bonner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then um, after that, he moves to Jackson Winklejohn, 
Uh, he he leaves. What was it? The bomb squad. Is that what the bomb saying? squad? Um, uh, bad move for name. Cool name of camp. Good move. For <laughs> yeah, uh, this might be the defining moment in John Jones's UFC career. Um, well, it's at least one of them. Uh, the John Jones at the time he would he the, the the team he had before to obviously taught him a lot of good things. He was already using the elbows. He was doing some spinning stuff. Um, but Jackson Wink really put together the package of John, John Jones and started to create the John Jones, the thinker because in terms of being prepared, uh, there aren't a lot of fighters who mentally prepare and game plan better than John Jones. And a lot of that comes from Jackson Winkle, John, who are historically good game planners. Um, J- Greg Jackson is a, is a masterful tactician. He's got Mike Winklejohn for striking. He's got Brandon Gibson for striking. He's got, I think, Phil Nurse for striking. Um, he's got Izzy Style for wrestling. Um, I think that's Israel Mar- I can't remember his last name. He just always calls him Izzy Style. I've always remembered that. Um, Jackson Winklejohn has had fighters like Diego Sanchez, GSP, Rashad Evans, Holly Holm, John Dodson, Michelle Waterson, Carlos Condit, Cowboy Cerrone, Frank Mir, Clay Guida, Andre Arlovsky, Alistair Overeem, BJ Penn. And it's like, and then you get John Jones. Um, And so going there um, was it, like I said, it changed him. We talked, when I said earlier, he's Greg Maddox with all these other attributes. The Greg Maddox part of John Jones started with Jackson Winklejohn, in my opinion. But from what I understand, even in wrestling, when he was younger, he would be watching videos of wrestlers and picking things up that he can do and do better and implement and what he was doing. He's always been studious, but Greg Jackson just took that to a different level. Yeah. Uh, and well, and it's interesting cause you can already tell that his next fight that we're watching is against Matt Hamill at the ultimate fighter heavyweight finale, uh, December 12th, 2009. And you can already tell that his striking has improved. Yeah. Uh, and the thing is Matt Hamill is like, as legit as it gets as an amateur wrestler. Like, he's a really good... He has really good credentials. Three-time D3 wrestling national champion. Yeah, and uh, Jones has a 10-inch reach advantage, which will come into play in all of these fights. <laughs> uh, he's 9-0, and, and he immediately takes uh, Matt Hamill down with a nasty slam. And then it's just... <laughs> It's brutal. It's brutal ground and pound from the top from Jones. Uh, unfortunately, at the end, he throws a 12-6 elbow to Hamill that just destroys his nose and fucks him up. And the ref stops it to uh, admonish Jones and give him a point deduction. And then it's clear that uh, Matt Hamill cannot continue. Like, he's he's completely he, knocked out. He don't got it. Um yeah, and that gives Joe Rogan the chance to tell Joe Rogan's favorite story, which is about why the 12-6 elbows are banned, because some dude saw a guy break bricks with it and was like, Jesus Christ, that'll kill a guy, uh, which is a good story. But if you watch MMA, you've heard it about 8,000 times. And I also think it's probably mostly bullshit, to be honest. Uh, I don't believe a lot of what Joe Rogan says, <laughs> because Joe Rogan... Uh, Joe Rogan um, speculates a lot. Joe Rogan gets these uh, thoughts and ideas in his head and just repeats them over. As, I mean, and this doesn't have to do with, like, I'm not talking about politics before you snowflakes get mad. Uh, I'm talking about 
his Joe Rogan's MMA opinions opinions have been largely trash for like ten years, right? Yeah. And uh, this fight was more than ten years ago, so let's let's add, let's tack on some time. Fifteen years, you know, <laughs> and uh, yeah. the, I'm sure there is a little bit to that. I'm sure somebody that happened to, but um, twelve six elbows are undeniably fucking brutal. Like, and I'm not yeah. saying that they should be banned. Um, I've never, I, I don't think I've ever heard a fighter endorse them being banned. Uh, every fighter I've heard talk about it says that 12-6 elbow being banned is the dumbest rule in MMA. And all, so I, I side with the fighters completely. But yeah. when you watch what these fucking elbows did to, to Matt Hamill, uh, <laughs> and poor little deaf Matt Hamill, you know? Uh, yeah. It, it, it's tough, man. It's like the, the force that you can generate straight down <laughs> with one single point going down on somebody's face. Like, I'm worried about somebody getting their eye fucked up. I'm worried about, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, uh, and I can imagine if you you hit a dude directly on the top of his head coming straight down like that, that is more forceful than if you're having to come across the side with an elbow. You know, I'm not I'm not saying that one's great and one's not great. I'm, either way, I wouldn't want to get hit with John Jones' elbow. But I, uh, you know, maybe it is bro classic Joe Rogan bro science. But if you were to ask me if coming straight off the top. Yeah, you know, is is worse than coming across the side. You know, Macho Man didn't do his axe handle from the side. He did it from the top rope. You Watch know your mouth I mean? on the axe handle, man. Come on. Uh. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the the interesting thing in this is the announcers are basically like, "All right, well, John Jones wins this fight. The twelve six elbow is unfortunate, but uh, <clears throat> they have to stop it. So Jones is the winner." And then I guess from what I was reading, uh. Matt Hamill also like popped his shoulder out yeah. and because his shoulder was injured and then he was hit with an illegal strike. They uh, decided to count it as a disqualification win for Matt Hamill. I, from what I understand, I don't, I don't know uh, where you, where you read that but from what I understand, it's just because Hamill couldn't continue. Um, if, if you, it's like uh, Aljamain Sterling winning the, the title against Peter Yan. Peter Yan committed a foul because of that foul, uh, Sterling couldn't continue. Therefore, Sterling won the title. Um, John well, Jones committed a foul. Because of that foul, Matt Hamill could continue. Right. I'm just interested why the ref, why the commentators would ever say that this would be a win for Jones. Well, first of all, because the commentators are Joe Rogan and <laughs> Mike, Mike Goldberg. Goldberg. Yeah. There's 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 not a lot going on there. You know what I that's mean? The, that's the other way to track uh, John Jones' career, which is he's from he started in the Goldberg era yeah. and has went all the way to the Anik era. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and he he went deep into the Goldberg era too. Uh, yeah. and I think it, there is a little bit of controversy over Steve Mazzagatti because Steve Mazzagatti isn't even allowed to referee UFC fights anymore. Like. He's just right, a historically yeah. bad referee. Yeah, and Dana um, White hates him. And yeah. And Dana um, White in front of a bunch of uh, uh, reporters was like, isn't Mazzagatti the fucking worst? Yeah. And, and yeah, since then. Yeah. And Dana, Dana still is, uh, well, as of 2019, was still fighting to get this overturned to a no contest. Um, I think because he wanted to be able to build John Jones as undefeated. Um I they he and John have since had some issues 
And uh, I don't know if he'll be fighting for that ever again. But everybody knows that John Jones never actually officially lost a fight. Yeah, I mean, he Hamill ruined Matt Hamill. In this yeah, fight. unfortunately, Hamill had like nothing for him in no. this fight. Uh, you couldn't even argue that it that it changed the tide or that there was some sort of back and forth. It's all John Jones. So uh, at four fourteen of the first round, the fight is stopped. Um, afterwards, they interview Matt Hamill, which uh, don't interview severely concuss Matt Hamill uh, after the fight and death. Uh, yeah and death you know and he says that his shoulders Tough. hurt <laughs> yeah uh, uh, i'm gonna breeze past you uh, I, I love the deaf community i have nothing bad to no, say no i love them uh, i love them he's uh so he says his shoulders hurt and then but joe is like so what do you think you he got disqualified that seemed fair to you and it's like well don't a- he doesn't know don't ask him that yeah and he's just like dude i can't fucking move my arm go fuck yeah. yourself um, yeah my face is destroyed i just got out wrestled all of that and then of course good guy john jones is just happy and healthy and he's excited yeah. to be here you know i'd like to thank my lord and savior jesus christ yeah please <laughs> heal matt hamill of his shoulder and face and ears afflictions <laughs> Two of which I did. Uh, one, one of which you be- did. <laughs> yeah. One, if we're being honest, probably you. <laughs> probably uh, on you, but yeah. you take care of that too. Also, probably make this a no contest. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Why don't we just go ahead and throw that up as a dub for me? <laughs> we uh, all know what happened. <laughs> uh, so that takes us to and, and my favorite thing, by the way, is John reacts. <laughs> if you watch the slow mo of John is fucking elbowing this poor man in the face right he's yeah. going straight down elbowing him in the face and before mazagati even really steps in john looks up at him with this like shocked look on his face like <laughs> right. what i do like and it's that sort face, of a, like a fu- like a fugue state that he's in just it's like a child who's about to get like you walk in yeah. on your kid like gluing the cat to the wall and he's like he's like what like before you even say anything you know um yeah. That... Well, there's a couple of things like that body kick in the first fight. The there yeah. was some uh, incidental, it seemed, groin strikes uh, in his first UFC fight, and then this. It's all like John Jones has always been a <laughs> he's uh he's aggressive, is what I'll say. Yeah, you know? and he's that's the, we'll get to the eye pokes too because he, I don't think John intentionally fouls. I don't think John goes, hey. I'm tired. I'm going to kick this guy in the nuts, you know, or I'm going to poke this guy in the eye. Right. I, but he certainly doesn't try not to. You know what I mean? So <laughs> He's not Ric Flair, but he's also not trying not to be Ric Flair. Yeah, so that that takes us to the Brandon Vera fight. Yeah, uh, Brandon Vera from UFC Live, Vera versus Jones. Uh, so if you're keeping track, in less than a year, John Jones is headlining his own uh, UFC card because even though this is not a pay-per-view this is still him at the top of the card so there's clearly some like recognition that this guy could be a star and that they've got something with him yeah um and this is the first one I guess there couldn't have really been any before but like it seems like Brandon Vera and he have sort of built up a real uh sort of animus towards each other at least in the video package yeah because Brandon Vera uh his line is my job is to show everybody that john jones is not ready to fight brandon vera wrong wrong <laughs> wrong <laughs> couldn't have been more wrong and uh 
that's how it was. It was, and you see this all the time. And I don't blame Brandon Vera. Brandon Vera was a established fighter. He had just fought and lost, but he fought Randy Couture. Like he has fought a lot of big fighters. He was a known name, a veteran of the sport, and he was coming in, and everybody he he was being propped up to give publicity to this young up and coming kind of unproven guy. But the guy did, I mean, just beat up Matt Hamill, who had just head kicked Mark Munoz, and he. Uh, he had already beat Stephen Bonner and, like, all this stuff, but Brandon Vera felt a little bit disrespected by everybody be- thinking it was a foregone conclusion. But, as we said before, wrong. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Vera's actually got a 78-inch reach, so John only has a 6.5-inch reach advantage here, uh, but it really like does not matter because uh, he immediately uses his wrestling to get a takedown and then uses a Muay Thai clinch to, as an entry to another takedown, which is like in a, a more advanced technique. So you're seeing again that he's sort of evolving. Um, and Vera is not a tomato can, like you said. Like he is an Olympic wrestling candidate. Uh, and Jones has just taken him down at will. Uh, and it is, in fact, John Jones that gets hit with an illegal up kick <laughs> in this fight. Uh, which they have to stop for a oh, second. Oh boy, does he milk that shit too? He's like, yeah. he's, a, he's like, what? Like when he looks at the referee, and then he's like, yeah. he's like holding his jaw and like putting it back and forth, like he's on ecstasy, and like yeah. he's he he is like uh, really, really. He's the kid. He's the kid in a little league game who limps like extra, so everybody will give him some sympathy. Yeah. Um. So they reset. Back on the ground, which the commentators say is weird. They don't really, uh, <laughs> they they don't recall it happening before. But I don't know. They do uh, that. They do that a lot, a lot more now. It was Herb Dean who did that, and Herb yeah. Dean will still do that. And um, uh, a lot, a lot of referees will do that. Mark Goddard loves to do that. Uh, it might, it might have been more rare then. I can't really speak to that, but um, that that'll happen because you don't want somebody to lose the dominant position because a foul was committed on them. So. Yeah. Uh, doesn't matter right anyway, because then John Jones elbows Brandon Vera in the face, uh, and Vera has to turtle up, and Jones finishes him with strikes uh, for a TKO at three minutes and nineteen seconds of the first round, uh, and like couldn't have been more impressive. I might. Uh, the only reason I picked this fight is because of that elbow. Um, yeah. That is my favorite John Jones finish. Uh, it is the filthiest elbow I have ever seen in my life. Um, it broke Vera's face in three places, uh, and this is John Jones. John Jones's elbows are one of the most dangerous um, or effective tools in in mixed martial arts, uh, like Jose Aldo's leg kicks, you know, and and all those things. And, and uh, along with Jose Aldo's leg kicks, John Jones hasn't used his elbows as much. Uh, in his most recent fights. Uh, but early on in his career, John Jones was just fucking brutalizing people with his elbows. Yep. And um, this, and I wonder if that's a, um, uh, cause we'll get to some stuff Cormier said about him later, but I, Jones sort of uses that short elbow when he's standing as, as a jab, like instead of a jab, he'll throw the elbow certain times. And, yeah. And because he's got the length to do that, uh, and an elbow will hurt more than a than a jab will because you've got more bone. You know, yeah, and, it's, and, not well, and by a, it's not covered by a glove. And he hasn't spent hardly any time since the first, since even the first Cormier fight. He didn't really spend any time in top. Well, maybe a little bit in the Anthony Smith fight, but he hasn't spent a lot of time in top position in a long time. And he he used to brutalize guys with elbows from top position. We'll talk about the Vitor Belfort fight as well, and like. Um, 
he he also used to smother guys against the cage and use those elbows almost as like a transition thing. Like he'd be on one side of you and he'd, he'd flip over the other side of you and on the way he'd elbow you in the face. Like he did that against Glover Teixeira a lot and he did it against Cormier and he did it against everybody who he put up against the cage back in the day. And recently he hasn't put people up against the cage. He hasn't gotten top position, like all these things. He's, he's had these like boring kickboxing matches. Not boring, but like underwhelming in terms of dominance. Um, but yeah, this was one of the most brutal strikes I've ever seen. Uh, poor Brandon Vera. Uh, he rolled over and was, and uh, his his face was uh, broken to shit. So, um, yeah, that's that's what happened. And then uh, he goes on to beat uh, Vladimir Matyushenko, uh, which I believe was a um, that was like a uh, Dana was like, if he beats Matyushenko, um, he's gonna get Ryan Bader. He's gonna he's gonna get closer to a title fight. And he finished Matyushenko pretty quickly, if I remember proper, correctly. Yeah. Um, um, and then Ryan Bader was undefeated, and uh, Jones beat him pretty easily. Um, yeah, Guillotine choked him in the second round. He beat uh, Matichenko in the first with elbows, yeah. TKO with elbows. So uh, that gets him to Shogun, Mauricio Shogun well, Hua. Let, let's, let's real quick. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, in October 20, we got to say this is foreshadowing. In October 2010, John meets. Daniel Cormier at a UFC event. Uh, he, uh, uh, that, that's the event where Cain Velasquez beat uh, Brock Lesnar for the title. And backstage, John walks up to Daniel Cormier and says, hey, I heard you're an Olympic-level wrestler. I bet I could take you down. That's how he introduces himself. Because John Jones has no social skills. And yeah. uh, Cormier took that as an insult, thus starting the biggest, most hateful rivalry yeah. In MMA history. Um, uh, as and, it probably should. I mean, uh, it's certainly not cool <laughs> to yeah. walk up to a dude, you know? Uh, yeah, and, you remember it as the night that Kane beat Brock. I remember it as the night Undertaker tried to fight Brock in the crowd. Oh, so, you want to go? <laughs> Isn't that what he says or yeah, something? He goes, you want to do it? And, <laughs> that's, but, and then later admitted he went there to try to shoot his own angle on Lesnar. And Lesnar's, if Lesnar's not getting paid... <laughs> It's not doing an angle. Fucking so, Mark, bro. <laughs> yeah. uh, Fucking Mark, Mark, dude. <laughs> so, uh, uh, after Jones beat Bader, uh, in the octagon, he was told that his teammate, Rashad Evans, broke his foot and that, uh, or broke, or hurt his leg. I don't, I don't know if he actually, it might have, I can't remember if it was a broken foot, but, but apparently Diego Sanchez went wild on somebody in the, uh, in the, in the training room at Jackson Wink and landed on Rashad what? Evans' leg. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, uh, so Jones was going to have to step in. Well, not was going to uh, get to step in against Shogun uh, for the for the UFC title. Um, and uh, so when it comes to the Jones and Rashad rivalry, um, so Jones moves to Jackson's uh, earlier in his career, and they already have they already had Rashad and Keith Jardine. Uh, the yeah. Dean of Mean, uh, <laughs> uh, the uh, aforementioned. Other, yeah, two other light heavyweights. Yeah. And uh, uh, and two high-ranked light heavyweights. Yeah, especially Rashad, who was really, who, who was on a, he was going to get a title shot soon. And yeah. uh, he said he was initially, Rashad said he was initially not cool with adding Jones to the team, but Greg Jackson denies that that was the case. Uh, I tend to believe Rashad, because knowing Rashad, he wouldn't be cool with that. Um, so, well, but you, if, have to, you have to think... If, if you're not a person in the mindset of this, like, 
MMA is not like baseball or football or something where if you add a new great guy, the team benefits overall. The team benefits in MMA if you have the best guys to train with. But if Rashad's training with a guy that's in his division that's also fighting for the belt, you're giving your tricks away to the other guy. Well, and there's a, there's a lot of different complications. Yeah, you have to you end up because they ended up getting close and being training partners, and it's like go fight your training partner. Like, like part of the reason Khabib retired is so he didn't have to fight Islam Makhachev. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, uh, Cormier had um, at City Kickboxing. He had um, him at light heavyweight, Kane at heavyweight, uh, Luke Rockhold at, at middleweight. Like, and none of them were going to fight each other. You know, and. Yeah it complicates things when people are in the same weight class and going for the same belt at the same time. So um, they, when they, they became close and training partners, but when Rashad get hurt, get got hurt, he says he's initially okay with Jones getting the title shot. Um, it seems like that's true. It seems like Rashad is okay with it, but who knows? Um, Rashad himself has not always been truthful uh, when it comes yeah. to this rivalry. Uh, and uh, eventually Jones has asked if he would be open to fighting Rashad if the UFC wanted that matchup, and Jones said he'd be open to it, uh, which pisses Rashad Evans <laughs> right off. Yeah. Well, um, it's also, you know, the other, uh, before Jones and Cormier, one of the other maybe biggest rivalries up to the UFC at this point is uh, Chuck and Tito, and it's sort of the same thing. They're training partners, they're friends, uh, yeah, the circumstances get a little different because Chuck starts to think that Tito's ducking him anyway. But like, it the 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 personal things between guys that were training partners and friends always becomes a big selling point for the UFC. And if you're the UFC, you don't give a shit if two dudes are friends or training partners. You're trying to put the best fights together. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so so Jones gets the title fight, um, and he is fighting Mauricio Shogun Hua. Uh, Shogun, uh, just an absolute legend of Pride. He won the 2005 Pride Middleweight Grand Prix, um, one of the gnarliest con collections of uh, animals ever assembled. Uh, the 2003 Grand Prix was a little bit better, but let me name off some names from the 2005 Grand Prix. Uh, Kazushi Sakuraba, Ricardo Arona, Dean Lister, Kevin Randleman, Vanderlei Silva, Alistair Overeem, Vitor Belfort, uh, Little Nog, Antonio Hogerio, Noguera, uh, Dan Henderson, Shogun Hua, Rampage Jackson. Monsters. Just... And remember, this is Pride, so just put the word steroids in front of all of them because this is the steroid version of these guys. Yeah. Uh, and Shogun won the tournament. Um, he, he, uh, he beat Rampage, Little Nog, Overeem, and Ricardo Arona to win that title. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's quite a quite a uh, gauntlet he had to run. So, and in true pride fashion, after winning the Grand Prix, he went up to heavyweight and fought Mark Coleman, <laughs> and I think I think got his arms broken in half if I remember correctly. No. So um, he finally fights Shogun UFC two uh, one twenty eight uh, March nineteenth twenty eleven. Yeah, uh, this is coming off of Hua winning the title from uh, Leona Machida. Uh, those two had a pair of fights that are, at one point, I believe, maybe the first Shogun Machida match was considered the best fight in UFC history at a certain point. Um, and so Shogun's in. This is not over. This is not an over the hill guy. At this he's point, got he's got miles on him. He's not finished, but he's got miles on him. It's not peak yeah. Shogun anymore. 
just because you don't go through what he went through in pride and stuff and keep all of yourself, you know what I mean? But uh, a lot of people will swear up and down that he beat like a completely washed Shogun Hua who wasn't the same. And like, that is not the case, but also it all, it, uh, it is not prime Shogun. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you can tell in this fight, like Jones improvement on the gr- on the feet is incredible. He looks so good yeah. striking now. And, um, but well, still uses his wrestling, a ton of his wrestling to dominate from the ground. We, well, we also got to start with before the fight, uh, the legend has it that John Jones is meditating in a park in New Jersey and a woman gets her purse stolen from them. John Jones and his team chase the man up a hill. Yeah. John Jones uh, trips the guy from behind and uh, holds the guy down until the authorities arrive. Uh, Good guy, John Jones. Probably didn't happen. It probably mm-hmm. at least didn't happen fully like it said it did. Like they said it right. did. Um, I'm. I don't even know what I'd bet on. I don't think John both tripped the guy and held him down. I heard a story with Greg Jackson saying that John tripped the guy and Greg Jackson, J- Greg Jackson held him down. And I also right. heard that it was completely fabricated. So I'm thinking <laughs> I'm going with Greg Jackson held him down, but uh, still a cool story. Also, if you're Greg Jackson, you don't want your uh, number one light heavyweight who's about to fight for the belt trying to hold down an assailant uh, for the police. So I can yeah. imagine Greg Jackson is the guy doing that. Get uh, off of me, you fucking idiot. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, but so yeah, I, do like the, I, I do like the idea of John Jones running up that hill, you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's the <laughs> thing about, like, at Jackson's, anybody who knows, like, a lot about uh, Jackson's MMA, it's it's in Albuquerque, it's at high elevation, and there's, like, this giant hill that they all run up. Like, yeah. it's like a thing. They all do it all the time. And uh, so it was like, yo, you have John Jones chase you up a hill, you're fucking Bone City, you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, uh, I gave round one and round two to Jones ten to nine um, because he he out wrestled Shogun and did a ton of damage from the guard. Uh, in round two, he uses what will become one of his like main attacks. Like a, he uses a spinning back elbow, uh, which he had done spinning attacks before, but this is the first one from what we've watched that really landed. Uh, and then does a bunch of ground and pound from the guard, uh, and then in round three. Uh, like he's he's just clearly so. Uh, Shogun's overmatched here. Um, and then Shogun gets put against the cage, body shot, and then a knee to the face, and uh, that knocks Shogun out. And John Jones becomes the youngest champion in the history of the UFC. Two minutes and thirty-seven seconds into the third round, Joe Rogan uh comments that Jones is the present and the future of MMA. And then he interviews John Jones, who tells us, believe in our dreams, you know? Yeah. And this was, this was just an amazing performance. Uh, Jones uh, opened the fight with a, with a flying knee because he wanted Shogun to think this guy could do anything to me. And like the variance that John was showing in this, he can come from any angle. He can come with any limb. Um, This was just an absolute, like the evolution of this guy from fight to fight. Uh, if you look at it, if you look at it in the short term, from fight to fight, he's evolving. And if you look at it in the long term, the amount of progress that he's made, uh, uh, like uh, from his his first fight to now, is absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, and... the, the striking difference from the first UFC fight to this fight against Shogun, who, by the way, 
is noted for his stand-up. Like he's a you know he's a, a killer class striker. Uh, and that's what they were saying is like, who has got to get in there and he's got to strike and Jones has got to be wary of that. And uh, there's just, there was no part of that fight where John Jones was in trouble. He, it looked like a man and a boy, like it was insane. So um, he wins the title uh, in November of that year, which is uh, March. So it's it a little bit later in the year. Um, Jones is cited for loss of traction while pulling into an Albuquerque strip club. Um, his Bentley was towed and he was taken into custody because he was driving on a suspended license. So this, this Bentley is going to come up again. Um, this, <laughs> this, this, if I remember correctly, I didn't, I didn't verify this, uh, but I remember the story being that that Bentley was given to him by the UFC. Like they gave him a car that was part of okay. one of his contracts. Um, yeah. and, uh, so, um, hold on. Uh, yeah. And after, after right after the fight, after Jones beats Shogun, they bring Rashad into the octagon. They're like, "This is the next guy," uh, setting up the big the big fight. And Rashad leaves the cage and goes straight to Ariel Helwani uh, to give an interview. And one of the things that he says in the interview is, "I'm done with Jackson Winklejohn. I'm done with Jacksons." He says, "Yeah." Um, and he goes on a fucking media tour. Uh, he's telling everybody <laughs> uh, his issues with with the with with the the camp. Um, that they shouldn't have brought in a top prospect to chain, chain to train next to a title contender, which I agree with. There were too many people in the camp in general, which is something that a lot of people have said about Jacksons when they leave. Uh, Jacksons has turned into an interesting place. Um, they've kind of split up. Mike Winklejohn has been exposed for being kind of a dick and kind of like a money money hungry guy. Um, and uh, Jones has now been kicked out of Jacksons, but uh, they. Uh, they they got they got really into making money like i mean their business but um that's that's what it kind of turned into so rashad kind of foreshadowed a lot of things in all of this um and apparently greg jackson had already chosen decided that he was going to corner jones instead of rashad in the fight which is like we can see it now we can pull back and be like okay he's going to fight the guy who might be the great he's going to corner the guy who might be the greatest fighter to ever live like i understand that jones had more of a future than rashad did at the time but it's tough man rashad really did help build jacksons like he he helped make greg, greg jackson who he was you know what i mean yeah. so like it's crazy to think about that and even in that interview that i that i sh sent you the 10 minute one uh, with it's like a sit down with Jones and Rashad with John Anik in the middle, young fucking blue blood John <laughs> yeah. Anik. Um, he he's like um, he's talking about his time at Jackson's. He's talking about one that one of the things that he mentions is like I he chose he chose John over me, and he also chose Carlos Condit when um, GSP was uh, Jackson's guy, and he's going to teach Carlos Condit to try to beat up GSP, and it's like yeah. so Greg Jackson. And I'd like to hear Greg Jackson's real take on this because sometimes things change. Like the, the game moves on. You know what I mean? If, if GSP leaves, because GSP's always been a TriStar guy, maybe move on to the next guy, you know? Yeah. But well, and it, it still, it doesn't, it doesn't feel good. I can't imagine because in athletics, you're, you're like, you're so close to the guy who's coaching you. Yes. It's very you, intimate. You put a lot of faith in that guy and that's your guy. And then that guy's going to go talk to another guy about how to beat you. And that guy yeah. knows all your stuff, you know, um, <clears throat> before that, uh, we have the Machida fight. Yes. 
Before uh, he fights Evans, doesn't he fight Machida? Well, yeah. So so what happened okay. was, um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, they but they have this this interview was actually before the Machida fight. So okay. yeah, uh, they were they were scheduled to fight. Um, they had an incident in a nightclub. Rashad sent text messages to John calling him a fake ass white boy, and then people confronted Rashad about it, and he denied it. And then John pulled out his cell phone. <laughs> And showed reporters the thing. So Rashad started getting on to John for being like a snitch. <laughs> right. And then um, Jones pulls out of the matchup. John Jones pulled out of the fight with a hand injury. So Evans scheduled a fight against Phil Davis, who was undefeated at the time. Phil da- it was Phil Davis and John Jones were like kind of seen as relative, seen as like two hot prospects that were um, one of them was going to be the future of the sport. Um, and uh, Phil Davis was a killer for a while. And uh, so Phil Davis was later replaced by the dumbest man alive, Tito Ortiz. Um, <laughs> and, and there's not a dumber person than Tito Look, Ortiz. That's one thing, I, that's one thing I agree with Dana. Dumbest, dumbest, dumbest guy alive. Dumbest man. motherfucker to ever live. To be moronical. And uh, so when, when uh, so Jones pulls out of the fight. Evans schedules a fight. As soon as Evans is no longer available, Jones's hand makes a miraculous recovery. And, wouldn't uh, you know? <laughs> yeah, wouldn't you know he's ready to fight again immediately. So uh, he fights Rampage Jackson. Um, and Rampage gets his ass whooped. <laughs> the, the, uh, one thing, the one thing that I remember, we didn't watch the Rampage fight for this. I haven't watched the Rampage fight in a long time. But the thing that I remember most about the Rampage fight, and I think the thing that most people remember most about the Rampage fight, is John just fucking brutalized Rampage's knees um, yeah. with with the the. I can't remember if it was the sidekick or the or the the um, the kick from the back leg that he was using on Ortiz. But John has this. Uh, we'll use this to talk about the eye pokes too. I, I guess uh, a lot of people call John Jones a dirty fighter. Um, there are certain things that John does that are. Uh, a little more brutal than others, like when he fought Glover Teixeira, and he's like retching. Like Glover would get like a like an underhook, and John John would just grab his arm and twist it and like retch it to to hurt his shoulder. is It's pretty fucking brutal, but like it's an MMA fight, you know what I mean? So a lot of people right. call it's Jones. Within the, it's within the rules, but he is more comfortable. It seems like walking the line of the things that are sort of agreed upon. Like, hey, we don't do this stuff to each other. Yeah, and. So a lot of people criticize John for kicking people's knees. Um, If you've ever been in middle school and been talking about fighting, you've heard that you could put a guy's nose bone through his brain uh, and kill him. You've Uh also heard that if a guy's walking towards you, all you have to do is kick him in the knee and you'll break his leg in half, right? Um, That is the technique that John uses a lot. And you don't don't break his knees in half, but you fuck him up pretty good uh, if you do it enough... Yes, well it doesn't feel good, <laughs> certainly. Yeah, uh, so a lot of people shit on John, call him a dirty fighter for that. I personally disagree. You're allowed to kick somebody in the fucking head. Like, yeah. you can knee somebody in the face. You can do you can do what George Masvidal did to uh, Ben Askren, but you get mad when somebody kicks somebody in the kneecap. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, well, I think it's partially that idea that, like, this is more brutal and sort of outside of the bounds of, uh, well, like whatever, whatever way that you think about competitive, uh, combat sports, which is silly, you know, like you're still, like you said, punching people in the head and punching people in the face and kicking people in the body. Like yeah. everything sucks, but 
they they usually don't do things that are like you can't do small joint manipulation uh and i think like agreed upon is like your knee joint <laughs> the actual knee joint should be out of bounds but like uh joe rogan said in one of these fights you're allowed to do a knee bar and that is going to hyperextend your knee you know it's this it's the same thing it's also a technique that many people just haven't used and so it sucks to have to like try to deal with it because it's one of john jones main weapons uh that he that he uses going forward since the rampage fight he's so good at it in in uh i can't remember which fight it was he was doing this thing where he was faking a left kick to the body and his his kicks to the body are devastating he was faking a left kick to the body and if the person properly like guarded he would then shift his uh his shift what he was doing and come straight down stomping on the on the person's knee like yeah. It's like a left a lefty pitcher that like reads the guy to to see like okay if if he if he takes off I'm gonna pick off to first base if he doesn't I'm gonna throw to home plate you know what I mean and it's the same yeah. thing and um, it's it's brutal it is I just don't think it's dirty when it comes to the eye pokes <laughs> just because <laughs> I will get drugged through the coals if I do a, an MMA po- uh, John Jones podcast without mentioning eye pokes John Jones has probably poked people in the eye more than any fighter in the history of MMA. Um, it's, it's probably not in, entirely close, but he, a lot of, a lot of people, because John's a scumbag. So a lot of people have historically blame, said that he does it on purpose. Uh, and I don't, I don't think that's the case. I don't think John Jones is in the middle of a fight being fucking Mo from the Three Stooges, you know? I think what happens is John Jones, as we see all the time in his fights, he puts his hand out to keep people away from him. Um, he he the, the easiest way with one hand to keep people away from you is to put your hand on their forehead, your palm yeah. on their forehead. The, the legal way to do that is to do it with a closed fist, but you have much less control... If your fingers are not on the outsides of this person's forehead, try to do it to yourself. You'll see what I'm talking about. Plus, you can't put them in the iron claw if the uh, opportunity presents itself. I th- thank you very much. Sh- yeah. Shout out to uh, Fritz von Erich. Uh, yeah. So, uh, the, devastating, truly devastating, devastating hold. He, he should have done that more often. Uh, yeah. So all these people are like, yeah, he po- he pokes people in the eye on purpose. First of all, we have no evidence to show that it's on purpose. All we have is evidence of John Jones historically keeping people at distance with his hand outstretched. Now, is he being negligent? Is he being selfish? Is he not actively trying to poke people in the eye? I'll give you that, because he is. Right, I think, yeah, the thing is, uh, he's not bothered if somebody gets poked in the eye from the technique. I don't think he's doing it on purpose. He's not willing to trade it. He's not willing to trade not poking people in the eye with uh, not being able to maintain distance in the way he wants to. Well, and if they're if the UFC or whoever is truly bothered by it, they need to legislate it out. Start like, taking a point. That's fine. Yeah. Like if if you want if you want to do that, then he'll probably change his behavior. But he's not being punished for his behavior and uh cuz all he gets is warnings. If you watched, right. you probably heard in every single one of these fights that John McCarthy did cuz John McCarthy did a lot of these fights, he the whole fight is John McCarthy going John, don't extend those fingers. John, don't extend those fingers. Keep those right. fingers touched. It's got to be a close fist, John. And then he talked to him between rounds, and he do all these things. And when John pokes somebody in the eye, he never gets a, a, a point taken from him. So it's like, 
I don't think, like I said, he's not Mo from the Three Stooges. He's not going fucking doing when he when he uh, right. when he when he wants to take a breather or something. But uh, he is being negligent and uh, reckless, which uh, I'll, I'll give you that for negative points. And listen, I'm being very critical of John Jones in this podcast. Okay, <laughs> right. I just don't yeah. think he's intentionally poking people in the eyes. And I think a lot of people who claim that he is just really, really, really don't like John Jones because there are a lot of people who really don't like John Jones. Yeah. <laughs> Understandable. Uh, which fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, do so then any... he goes on to fight Leota Machida. Then he goes on to fight Machida. So yeah. Machida is UFC 140, December 10th, 2011. Um, this is coming off of Machida just kicking the soul out of Randy Couture's body uh, with a karate kick. Yeah. Retiring Machida for, or retiring Couture for the time being. Uh, I believe Couture eventually comes back. But uh, Jones has a 10.5-inch reach advantage in this fight, and I think this is the first time that he's announced as a look-see-do fighter. See, that's what I wrote down. It's at least the first time we see him. I'm not yeah. sure. I, I thought about going back to the Rampage fight and seeing if, if to, to verify that, but it is the first time we see him, and I think that's dope as shit. Like, I, almost, yeah. <laughs> I might title this look-see-do the John Jones story because like, <laughs> right. It's a really good, it sounds like, like a, it sounds like it could be like a Taekwondo type thing, yeah. but it's actually English. And it's also like, he is very, he, he gets a lot of reads and he does what he, yeah. what he sees and he, and he, and it, like, he's an execution fighter. You know what I mean? And, uh, I, I, I think it's great. Well, and also like, I think UFC are, uh, Chuck Waddell used to be said that he was, he fought out of the pit you know so yeah, like it's, uh, <laughs> yeah it's like it's mma like there should be a little razzle dazzle i would it. have loved to have seen prime chuck versus prime jones uh i have a thought uh, i was gonna ask you later about okay. a couple of these fights but uh i think the round one of this i machita does cause jones some problems this like, is I by think... far the most trouble we've seen jones in so far in his career yeah because machita they talk about because the way that karate fights go or the way that karate fighters move, it's hard to get a, a beat on them. And, and Machida has been doing it since he was three years old or whatever. Uh, and he does land a good strike on Jones. It seems to hurt him. Um, so I gave the first round to Machida and in, in this fight, and then uh, it kind of all goes downhill for my guy after that. So uh, he gets hit with an elbow, that cuts him open in round two. That elbow and... was fucking filthy. <laughs> they have to stop the fight, and the announcers are like, after one elbow, and then they show the cut, and they're like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, yeah. Is he going to survive? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but that was against the cage. So John McCarthy puts him back in the same position, and then there's some posturing, and Jones cinches up, gets a guillotine choke, and cinches up on it against the cage. And you can't really see what's happening. And then all of a sudden, McCarthy stops the fight. Jones lets go of Machida, and he drops to the ground like a sack of potatoes. Yeah, and it's uh, one of the most iconic John Jones clips because it's so heartless and, like, ruthless. <laughs> and even one of the guys who responded to me in one of the MMA forums was like, uh, he was like, I'm kind of a fan of John until he dropped Machida to the ground like that. Uh I think most people just thought it was badass. And thankfully, Machida didn't look yeah. like he landed that badly. Like, you're not going to land good when you're unconscious. Somebody drops you like that. But um, it was, he, yeah, John just lets go and walks away. And Machida just falls lifeless to the ground. And uh, 
he went out fast. Like that must have been a tight squeeze. Um, yeah, and the technique was like pretty vicious because John uses his other hand to like sort of lift Machida off the ground and then twist his neck <laughs> to to because uh, John Jones for the way that he, he looks, we'll continue to talk about it, is really strong. He's very like, strong. Deceptively strong. And I always thought that it was he didn't know that Machida was out when he let him go. Um, but that changes my perception if people think that he did know and just <laughs> let him fall to the ground. Well, because there was uh, no tap. Um, the yeah. referee ch- ch- tests his arm and then gets him apart. Like, I think he knew that he was out. Um, and he says afterwards in the interview that he knew that he'd gone out. Yeah, because he didn't yeah. re- he didn't react at all. Like he just he just like kept walking, didn't even look back. It was the coolest way to do it. It was like walk, slow walking away from an explosion. But <laughs> yeah. Um, so then uh, we we get to the Rashad fight, and there's a there's one one quote that Rashad had that um, let me find it. Oh, I found it. Uh, the one quote, quote that Rashad had that I think is, it's foreshadowing, obviously, but it's like way on point. And a lot of people, the, the people in the forums that I talked to, they said Rashad kind of exposed John. That's when people started to think, except for the people like, you can hear in John's tone of voice that he's kind of fake, right? You can tell yeah. it's very manufactured, but Rashad was really the first guy to start talking about it openly. And apparently also Cowboy Cerrone, like, way back in the day um, on like some Xbox live thing told people that John Jones like does Coke off of hookers asses and shit. Um, <laughs> right. But that didn't spread as wide as this. Um, so Rashad says, John is not the person he pretends to be. And I think he is setting himself up for a fall that he's not ready for. Um, and <laughs> Oh boy. Uh, so, <laughs> well, if we could uh, briefly go back to the Machita fight in the after. Oh sure. Yeah. Post fight. Uh, he says that he was never hurt in the fight, which is clearly not true. Yeah, he got uh, hit pretty fucking hard. Uh, and then he was like, I'm glad I got hit because it shows people that I can get hit because that was a big criticism of Jones at the time. But it's also like, well, nobody can hit him, so who cares yeah. if he can take a shot or not. Um, said the choke comes from years of wrestling. And then wanted to thank his greatest supporter. You know who it is. It's our man, JC. So, Listen, uh, Jesus Christ has... <laughs> chosen john yeah he's anointed john and donald trump to take us <laughs> through into the into the yeah. promised land you know into what I mean? greatness really yeah um, so yeah so that's off the back of that rashad evans calling him fake and uh even in the the build-up to this fight in the the interview or the the po- the pre-match thing uh john jones is coming off as real sort of holier than thou because he's like uh Oh, John, uh, you want Rashad Evans to be your champ? He makes fun of guys in the ring. He's always dancing. He's doing gestures, yeah. blah, blah, blah. He literally uh, said the fucking word gyrating. At, yeah. Like it was Elvis in the 50s. Like, yeah. And uh, it's like, oh, God, John. Like They should only show Rashad Evans fights from above the hips. Uh, <laughs> as, as to not, as to not <laughs> offend the delicate sensitivities of our youth. Um, so, yeah. So I just wanted to, to mention that. That, uh, you know, and again, like, r- look, religion's complicated. Yeah. Christianity's complicated. People's uh, relationships with that can be very complicated. I'm not saying that John Jones is fake. Um, I would say, because I've met a lot of people like John Jones, 
uh, because you're around a lot of people like that. You know, yeah. it's tough. And the only problem I have with it is whatever you pretend to be a person that you're not and then throw aspersions on other people. Yeah. Um, but there is also the thing in MMA, like Rashad Evans talking about the quote unquote realness of John Jones at this point is still sort of just perspective. You could see like if John Jones and Rashad Evans think that they come from different places, Rashad Evans could think that John Jones is a poser or whatever. And, 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 and be because true. we all haven't seen the extent of the John Jones psychopathy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. Uh, at, at least at this point, there is some like, okay, this dude seems like, uh, he might think a little bit too highly of himself. You yeah. Know? Um, especially being caught going into strip clubs and <laughs> and all the, the the cracks have already started to appear. He might as well have bought a glass mansion, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just a, just come out to the ring with a big old black pot, you know? <laughs> uh, and, uh, you fucking kettles all of you. <laughs> John Kettle Jones. <laughs> so, uh at least going into this fight I forgot how good Rashad was. Uh, yeah. 12 1 and 1 going into this fight at that point is very impressive. He's already been the champion. Uh, he got beat by undefeated Leota Machida at that point, at the point that he and lost the That's belt. when he made Rashad face. Have you seen Rashad? You've seen Rashad <laughs> yeah. face, right? Yeah. That's uh, one of the the most brutal uh, <laughs> leg break knockouts of all time. No, if fucking, fucking Rashad face is. Uh, if you guys want to Google it, he made the funniest, the the funniest, most brutal face when he got knocked out by by Leota Machida, um, and it's it's been used in memes. It's evergreen. It is like the Crying Jordan meme. I think Crying Jordan's one of the funniest memes of all time. I feel bad for Rashad because it's him getting his fucking getting his his clock cleaned. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it's one. Of the, it's the worst face I've ever seen uh, in a knockout. Uh, Google it if you're if you haven't seen it before. But um, yeah, so Rashad Evans was uh, he was a, he was a killer man when he came up. He's really athletic. He was fast. He had really good striking. He was scary. He had fucking power in his hands. You know what I mean? And he had good wrestling, this... which is a uh, another thing. You know, like at that point, he had the type of wrestling that Chuck Liddell had, where it was like. You don't want to try to take him down because he can defend and he can knock you out. Yeah, and, and he so knocked, it was like defensive wrestling. Yeah, and he knocked out Chuck real bad, and he, yeah. he fucked up Forrest Griffin. Like he, uh, there was, I mean, d- 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 Rashad Evans was the truth. He was for real at the time, and like yeah. he had just come off of uh, he beat Tiago Silva, a Rampage, Tito Ortiz, the dumbest man on the planet, and uh, <laughs> Phil Davis. And I think that might have been Phil Davis's first loss. Let me make sure of that. Um, I know they mentioned in yeah, the commentary that it was a, a five-round fight, too, and that he looked he dominated all five rounds of that fight. The Phil Davis fight was? That's what I believe I heard. Maybe it wasn't. Let me look. But... Uh, yeah, it was a five-round fight. I wonder why. Because I think that was before they were doing five-round main events. It was on Fox, so maybe they did. I don't know. I'm ignorant of that. But, um, yeah, it was five rounds. So Rashad was for real. Like this, Jones was the favorite in this, and he ended up he ended up winning the fight. You know, but he is for real going into yeah. this. Um, so Jones has a nine and a half inch reach advantage uh, in this fight. The real, the only real shining moment for Rashad here is uh, he hits a head kick in the first round 
that does some damage to Jones. Yeah, it hurt him for sure. Um, it wobbled but, him. but then when he has to chase him down, Jones is able to tie him up and he can't really follow up on it. Um, yeah. And then the rest of the fight is really John Jones dominating with his striking, using his reach, using his elbows. Uh, I gave all five rounds of this fight to John Jones. In the end, uh, the officials gave it 49-46 for two of the judges, 50-45 to one of the judges. So I'm not sure which round Rashad won. but Probably the uh, first round, just because he, he wobbled him. Because uh, Jones yeah. did a lot. Jones... <laughs> did more in the first round first round but uh rashad probably landed the most consequential strike you know what i mean yeah. um so uh that's a unanimous decision at ufc 145 um this is really one of the first fights where i would say that we start to see like the new the new the new john jones style really taking over because he doesn't take rashad down in this fight like he's he's completely content to make it a kickboxing fight uh, and just dominate with the strikes. Yeah, and one thing about John is, and I think this is because he wants to use his reach really well, and he doesn't want to be in range for very long. He's a one strike at a time guy. He'll 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 pick at you with with one strike. Some of those strikes are devastating, but you don't see a lot of combinations coming from John Jones. Yeah, he's not going one two one two, uh, or like th- throwing a leg kick and ending it with punches or something like that. He, he, you're you're going to be squared up with him, and then bang, he hits you to the body, and then he waits, yeah. and then bang, he comes up with an elbow from uh, up the middle, or he'll have this like looping left hand or something. Like it's not these these combinations that a lot of the best fighters are known for. That's the most effective for people, and I think that's because he doesn't want to stay in range for very long, and he likes being able to just hit you from the outside. Um, so yeah, he he just beats the shit out of Rashad for most part. Yeah. Uh, he calls it the most important win of his career, John Jones does. And then they interview Rashad, and I'm like, well, what do you expect this dude to say? Yeah. You know, they're like, how do you feel? And it's like, well, you got beat for five straight rounds. Uh, by your mortal it, enemy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the guy that was sent there to replace you, and you got mad because you thought that's what happened. And then that's exactly what happened, didn't it? And so uh, Rashad calls it, of course, very disappointing. Uh, and then he calls it a very emotional fight to have to fight a guy that used to be your training partner. So uh, that uh, d- that does it in for that one. I remember, I mean, John Jones is impressive in this fight, but it's not, I wouldn't go back and watch this fight. It's not this was good the enough. this was the first John Jones fight that I ever watched. Oh, um, okay. This, this was because uh, I uh, I went to a buddy's house and, and watched it. I had been watching UFC uh, and MMA before. I just wasn't like I was a casual, I was super casual to the point who I like wasn't familiar fully with John Jones. I knew he was a bad right. dude. I hadn't watched any of his fights yet. Um, and this even. Even though it was kind of an underwhelming performance, I never missed another John Jones fight. Like I right. literally every single fight for the rest of his career, I watched live, um, and it was you could tell he was different. Also on this card, Rory McDonald, uh, young Rory McDonald, and that was when I was like, "Oh, this guy's going to be a champion eventually." <laughs> Wrong. Uh, I met him and took the funniest picture of all time, but uh, really messed uh, it up for yourself. It really bums me out that he never yeah. that he that Robbie Lawler fucking broke him. But anyway. Um, so that fight happened April 21st, 2012. Yep. On May 29th, 2012, John Jones crashes his Bentley into a utility pole after a night of partying. Uh, he's got two girls in the car. Um, he has one fiance, just so you guys know. Um, 
Uh-huh. He's it's one of those guys that's like he's had the same fiance for like twenty years. Um, yeah, it's like Gronk. Like Gronk's been uh, engaged to the same lady forever, and I'm like, I you know who knows. Same but, thing with McGregor. Um, yeah. Refuses to take a sobriety test. Um, that always says good things. And he gets yeah. a DUI, license suspended for six months again, and uh, has to put an ignition interlock into his car. Um, John Jones and Tiger Woods. Hey guys. Get a driver. Um, and <laughs> yeah, I I can't like, I just never understand like, when you're that rich, or you probably like, just don't want somebody because they're doing fucked up shit. So you don't want a guy to sit there while you're cheating on your wife and some sandblasting hookers. You know what right. I mean? But you just need a loyal guy. You need your guy. <laughs> you know, buy him a hooker. Yeah, if you're already in the entourage, or have the hooker drive you. Yeah, if you got a guy in your entourage, you just be like, "Hey, Steve," because Steve already knows yeah. what a terrible person you, you are. You almost come back, right? Yeah, <laughs> drive the car so that I can remain a UFC champion. Yeah, uh, so uh, that happens, and I remember this happening because, like I said, I had just been introduced to this guy, um, and it was all over like uh, ESPN and shit. Um, August eighth, twenty twelve. Uh, three months later, John Jones becomes the first MMA fighter to get a worldwide Nike sponsorship deal. Um, and I got to admit, John Jones was probably one of the biggest casualties of the Reebok deal because Nike was making him some fucking really cool merch. Um, yeah. And his trunks were sick, like the the black trunks with the gold swoosh and like all of John Jones's Nike stuff was awesome. It's a travesty, the Reebok deal. Uh, not only took money from the fighters, but also took all the personality out of the gear that they wear. Um, I hate it. And now it's Venom, and they suck too. Um, adrenaline momentum. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, so, uh, so that, and then um, John, Jones was next scheduled to fight Dan Henderson at UFC 151. Yep. But Hendo pulled out a week before the fight, even though Dan Henderson knew that he was injured for a lot longer than that. He just was hoping that he'd make it to the fight. Um, you don't you don't need two legs to to land an H bomb. You know what I mean? Yeah, positive um, projection. You know? Yeah. That's, no, no yeah. I'm gonna make it, man. That's my Dan Henderson. Uh, the UFC asked John Jones to fight Chael Sonnen on short notice. It was like six days' notice or something like that. Yeah. John refused. Uh, he, under the tutelage of, uh, under the advice of Greg Jackson, Greg Jackson told John it would be the biggest mistake of his career if he fought Chael Sonnen. I would argue probably not the biggest mistake of his career because he's John Jones. Right. I probably don't... not smart though. <laughs> well, and for a guy like Greg Jackson, I can imagine because he's such a strategist and like his whole thing is about like having completely game planned for a guy. Like to him, having to fight a guy on six days' notice probably sounds insane, and like you couldn't do it. But if you're John Jones, uh, we'll get to it in a couple minutes. I don't know that there's a universe where Chell Sonnen beats John Jones in a no. John John would have fucked him up, but yeah. <laughs> this was on principle because like this is okay. So Dana, when John did, because they had to can they canceled the card. Yeah, it's the only UFC pay per view to ever be canceled. I, I there might have been one again recently. There's one in the last few years. That was like a, was it a COVID thing or something? I can't remember. Uh, but anyway, um, it was the first one to be canceled and it was canceled because the card was light. It was, it was shallow and like, uh, and then Dana, what he loves to do is challenge his fighters in the press to do something that he wants them to do. And then essentially call them a coward when they don't do what he wants, you know? Um, even though it's 
Classic promoter stuff. Yeah. So, like I said, I'm going to be very, uh, uh, I'm going to criticize John Jones in this, but this is on Dana White. Like Dana, Dana, he does this all the time. He, he, uh, he negotiates with fighters in the press, and he gives them bad deals. And when they don't take the deals, he tells everybody that they that they're scared to fight. And um, he's done it countless times. And this was, uh, this was just another example of that. And he was talking about how many people that John cost money how, because of the guys that were banking on paychecks and all these things. Uh, not fair. Um, the, then they promptly announced right after that that John would fight Lyoto Machida um, as a, in a rematch at UFC 250, uh, 152, the next card. But apparently, nobody bothered to ask Lyoto. <laughs> Uh, yeah, does does it sound like Leota wants to get choked to unconsciousness yeah. again? Yeah, did you John see Jones? what happened last time, uh, you <laughs> fucking asshole? Yeah. You could at least ask me before you just book me against the dude it's that an, probably... It's the same Dana White tactic, bro. Yeah. You announce the fight, you, you announce the fight, and then when he declines the fight because it's a ridiculous ask of him, you say, yeah. oh, he's scared, you know what I mean? Um uh, Anything you're reading about Francis Ngannou right now, apply yeah, yeah, yeah. about Dana to that situation as well. Just yeah, a hundred percent. And uh, so John goes on to fight Vitor Belfort, uh, and he's a thirteen to one favorite against old Vitor. And this is TRT Vitor. So back yeah. in the day, guys, UFC fighters were basically allowed to take steroids. Uh, they were with a, with an exemption from their doctors. Stating that they needed it, they were allowed to take testosterone replacement therapy, which allowed a lot of, a little bit of aging fighters. And actually, so if you were aging or you used to take steroids, you get to take testosterone now. Because if these guys that ruin their endocrine systems by uh, pumping all this artificial testosterone in their body needed more artificial testosterone so they didn't grow bitch tits, basically. You know what I mean? And uh, Vitor was the poster child for this shit. He was a monster. Uh, TRT and, Vitor yeah. is like a legend. It's like <laughs> TRT Vitor and C-Level Kane and uh, Chuck Liddell with the look in his eyes and uh, motivated BJ Penn, Bahrainian yeah. Frankie Edgar. There's a lot of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, if we hear that, uh, what is it, BJ Penn's running underwater with weights, then we yeah. know. He's jumping out he's... of pools without using his hands. Yeah, he's ready to fight. Um, yeah, John Jones says in the lead up to this fight, Vitor was something special when people didn't have versatility, yeah. and he had two styles where everybody <laughs> only had one style. Uh, but now they're fight. He's fighting uh, modern MMA fighters, you know, uh, guys who are good at everything. Uh, Vitor is a former light heavyweight champion during the sort of genuine dark legend. Vitor Belfort, genuine. Yeah, legend. and he won the heavyweight to Grand Prix, Grand Prix tournament at 19. He's got the most first-round finishes in UFC history at the time. Uh, he's coming off a two-fight win streak where he submitted Rumble Johnson in his last fight. So, again, like, a lot of the Pride guys, uh, like Shogun and Vitor, they aren't who they were, but he, it's certainly not a tomato can. Like, Vitor Belfort is still a dude. Yeah, this and this, this is the first time we see John Jones get booed. Yeah, and uh, this is also the first look, as far as I could see, of the Philippians 413 tattoo. Yeah, he's got the Philippians 413 tattoo. Just so you guys know, I'm a Christian. Yep, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all uh, hookers. Yeah, <laughs> I can do all things, including uh, felony list drugs. And ter- with, uh, yeah, include a terribinol and yeah. <laughs> uh, terinabol and uh, t- uh, clomid yeah. and... 
uh, tier one narcotics with uh <laughs> and so john jones 10 and a half inch reach advantage in this fight yeah um but it doesn't matter because on the ground as the old adage goes everybody's the same size yeah. so jones and takes also a... that adage incorrect <laughs> <laughs> not true uh John Jones with a takedown at the beginning, and then Vitor, they're talking about how he doesn't have from his back uh, submissions, at least that they've seen. Joe Rogan literally says, uh, Vitor doesn't do submissions off his back. I'm sure he could do them, but he doesn't do and he's them. In the middle of, he's in the middle of saying that he doesn't do submissions off. He's got an arm bar. <laughs> yeah, and Vitor throws his arms up for the tightest goddamn arm bar possibly in MMA history. You can't get tighter. It, it might um, be the best arm bar ever. And Jones is like, whoa. And so yeah. he starts, he does the thing that you're not supposed to do, which is like try to try to flex your elbow or whatever he, he tries to he does tries to uh, red from pineapple express i'm gonna flex yeah. and bust out of this <laughs> yeah. into a uh like into like a power bomb essentially yeah and it ends up where john's arm is almost like straight up and down with the mat and vitor is straight up and down on the mat like jones is slamming him on the top of his head trying to get him off and of john's him. john's his right arms in the arm bar He's grabbing his fist with his left arm and trying to pull it bent so it's not hyperextended anymore. It's yeah. one of the craziest displays of refusing to lose <laughs> I've ever seen. Yeah, and Jones is like, I was. this is the first John Jones fight I ever watched. Oh, okay. Because um, a buddy of mine ordered this fight, and I didn't really know who any of the guys were at the time. I think I remembered who Vitor was, but I was sort of casually. Yeah, you probably knew thinking, Vitor just because of the, like, the wrestling, like when you were watching the early stuff. Yeah, and uh, I was like, doesn't this dude have to give up? Like, aren't they going to stop this fight if he breaks John Jones' arm? Uh, so Jones gets out of it and then falls into guard uh, and uh, starts working ground and pound from there. So then the end of the round is elbows from John that cut Vitor open, and he ends in side control. Yeah, so, he... He hamburgered Vitor's face for the rest yeah, of the Yeah, so, round. like, the best round Vitor had still ended with John Jones completely destroying his face. With yeah, yeah, and we don't, we don't have to get detailed on the rest of the rounds. Essentially, yeah. John beats the fuck out of Vitor. Vitor keeps, like, pulling guard because he thinks that's the only chance that he has to snick because he got so close with that armbar. But it's yeah. like, hey, dude, he didn't tap. And he like, you got the best armbar you're ever going to get. Like, yeah. it, you're going to have to knock this guy out, Vitor. He starts getting a triangle at the end of the second round. Yeah, it's kind of a shitty uh, one, though. It wasn't even yeah. close. And it's like 10 seconds left in the round. So he never yeah. got to work it. Uh, end of the fight comes where Vitor almost hits a head kick. And then John gets pulled into, into Vitor's guard. And of course, he's just going to, he's in top position. If you don't know in MMA, if you're pulling guard, the two guys are wrestling. The one guy falls on his back, pulls the other guy on top of him. It's a jujitsu technique that w worked really well back in the day. But if the guy that's on top of you is known for throwing vicious elbows, if he's on top of you, I don't know that it's the best move. Uh, you got and it's yeah. and it's 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 a desperation like it's tougher when you don't have a gi to work from your back like there's certain things he can do but uh he yep. eventually uh gets caught in a crucifix and uh <laughs> yep. then John is the shit out of him and and almost breaks his arm and, and Vitor uh taps immediately yep. almost breaks his arm in half <laughs> and Vitor has to tap so uh that is 54 seconds into the fourth round via armbar John Jones beats Vitor um, and then you could tell Jones 
has a difficult time getting his shirt on after the fight. And like his elbow's fucked up. Yeah. Um, he even admits after the fight, his arm popped uh, and he just wouldn't submit. And then he's thankful to, for the ad, for the adver, uh, the adversity, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think, I mean, after the fight, you can admit it, but if they had known that his arm popped during the fight, I think they would have stopped the fight. I think that's like the rule. Isn't I it? didn't know because it didn't like break. Like he, okay. he was able to use it. You know what I mean? Cause you can get yeah. injured and continue, but, and he was able to, uh, it, it all depends on if you can intelligently defend yourself. That's the big thing. Right. Um, and he obviously could cause he beat the dog shit out of him. So, <laughs> um, the one thing that, so I picked this for two reasons. One, I picked this one obviously because of him withstanding the arm bar at the beginning. The other thing Which I, is, is the most danger he's been in in any of these fights. Yeah, like, and and that's a legitimate. If he had tapped to that armbar, there's no shame in that. That's no, no. And the and the the history of MMA changes. You know what I mean? Uh, but he knew that's that was the stake, so he kept it going. The other reason is, John Jones used to really hurt people, you know. And we we've talked about it in these fights coming like he he does these brutal things that just hurt you and like he he his elbows would brutalize you and he and he just he just from he made these men turn into boys and with Vitor like he hits Vitor at one point with a kick to the liver and and Vitor just buckles and falls to the ground and these these elbows that he's landing from the top like John Jones used to genuinely brutalize people and that's something that didn't happen as much towards the latter part of his career that we'll get to but um, this was a very good example of that. So the Vitor fight happens, and let me make sure I have my timing. Is, is Chael next? Yeah. So, yeah, the Vitor fight happens, and then t- for some reason, Chael Sonnen gets picked to fight. Uh, to fight, uh, to uh, Yeah, because he's like the number eight middleweight at the he, time that he gets this fight. He had just got lost his rematch to Anderson Silva <laughs> at middleweight, like, <laughs> and, and which is a weight class down. And for, and because of his mouth, basically there must not have been any like big, con- I can't remember. I remember all this happening. I just can't remember who, like, cause I remember there was a lot of up, like, why the hell is Chael Sonnen getting this? But right. He doesn't think fight was- at 205. Um, I think from what I could gather from the commentators, some of the thoughts seem to be, John's elbow is hurt, like his arms messed up, so yeah. he's going to need time to recover. We need coaches for the for the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, Chael Sonnen can bring people in by talking, and then yeah. we can build a rivalry that we can then do a fight. But we can t- we can give John time to heal, you know, and uh, let his arm rest. Yeah, right? and that season of the Ultimate Fighter was fun. I watched it. Uh, there's very few seasons of the Ultimate Fighter that I've watched. Um, from beginning to end, I believe is that the Uriah Hall season. I'm sorry, Adam. <laughs> when he fucking kills that guy, I can't oh, remember. I don't remember. I don't know. Uh, let me let me look that up. But uh, so there was. I just one thing I remember is um, Chael. Yeah, it is the Uriah Hall season. Uriah Hall, Kelvin Gastelum. Let me see who else was on that. Luke Barnett, Zach Cummings, uh, Bubba McDaniel. Josh Salmon and Clint Hester. There's the, it was a fun it was a fun uh, season. But Chael was doing this funny thing on on uh, Twitter. If anybody in, out there who doesn't watch MMA, Chael Sonnen's like the I wouldn't call him the best trash talker in the history of MMA. He's like he's a fun like wrestling style trash talker. He he rehashes a lot of old lines. Like he's a clever guy. He's a funny guy, and he was a good fighter. He's a good wrestler. Um, 
But he didn't deserve a lot of things that he got. He talked himself into a lot of things, even though he claims to be undefeated. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, he's a good fighter who's uh, like his credentials were good enough, and then his personality was big enough that it gave him fights. Yeah, and uh, so he would do these countdowns on Twitter, where it was like a hundred days, John, a hundred days till I'm on top of you, just beating the life out of you and shit. He did it every day, uh, yeah. and. Uh, Everybody, the 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 result of this fight was almost a complete foregone conclusion. Um, and uh, it panned out that way. Like uh, once again, we don't have to spend a lot of time on right. it. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, so Sonnen, essentially, in the build up to this, he's in his playbook. He's talking trash to Jones. He's doing all this stuff, and Jones, as a sort of precursor to uh, the nastier parts of his personality, like. He just won't engage with uh, with Sonnen. Like he's giving him the silent treatment. He doesn't. He won't look at him. Uh, all of these things. Uh, and then whenever Chael's walking to the ring, they're like, he hasn't had to cut weight uh, necessarily. He's been able to eat during the week of his fight. He's had the best training camp ever. He's throwing dudes around in the gym. Blah blah blah. Uh, Jones has a ten and a half inch reach advantage. <laughs> And immediately takes Chael Sonnen down, and Chael Sonnen's wrestling is his biggest <laughs> advantage, and Jones just dominates him. Well, elbows in the clinch, uppercuts in the clinch, slams him, and then uh, ground and pounds him against the cage. The ref stops it at uh, 4 minutes, 33 seconds into round one. Chael half-heartedly protests the finish, but he's done. Like there, he had nowhere to go, and he was just gonna keep eating elbows. He was given, he was fight. given a favor. Uh, yeah. uh, to getting, he was getting brutal. He even it was two fights in a row. Chael Sonnen fought Anderson Silva and uh, John Jones, and was laying against the cage and got kneed in the chest. <laughs> yeah. Um, and after the fight, uh, Jones is starting to talk, and Joe Rogan notices that he has one of the nastiest broken toes that any human being's ever seen. Like his, his big toe is almost completely at a 90 degree angle to his foot. Yeah. It's uh, bloody. It's, it's the, bro the skin is broken. It's, yeah. it's and a Jones terrible like, oh, toe injury. Yeah. And, OJ, and Jones is like, Oh shit. <laughs> like yeah. he doesn't even know. Well, uh, he so was doing, of, he was running around the ring. I mean, the octagon and doing one handed cartwheels and all this yeah. shit with his toe hanging off of his foot because he didn't feel it. So they have Jones sit on a stool and kind of talk to him while they're, I guess they're trying to fix his toe. I don't Stitch know. Duran's doing something to, I don't know what yeah. he's maybe, maybe uh, wrapping it. So it doesn't, uh, so he doesn't get infected or something like that. Um, so Jones essentially says that his strategy is anytime somebody says they're going to beat John Jones in a particular way, he's going to beat that guy that way. So he outboxes the boxer. He out wrestles the wrestler, etc. Um, and then they go to jail and they're like, so what happened, dude? <laughs> and he's like, well, He's uh he's real strong. Yeah, uh, John's strong. the best. <laughs> he's he's strong. He hits hard. I have no problem with the decision. Um, yeah, I gave my best. You know, yeah. what are you gonna do? A, a couple. So, he's like, I really wanted to. I really wanted to beat him or something like that. And then yeah. there, there's like a thing uh, later on because Chael does these videos where he's like he's talking to the camera now, like he's a media personality. He has a yeah. YouTube channel, and he had this video where uh, it was right when the steroid stuff started coming out for John and. Chael's like, he's doing this long diatribe, and he's like, honestly, the only thing I'm ever going to accuse John Jones of is being the baddest son of a bitch walking this planet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But Chael has admitted that he was juiced to the gills for this fight. <laughs> and even still, 
couldn't couldn't mount an offense. No, he just time. wasn't he wasn't big enough. Uh, he was he was past his prime at this time. Chael Sonnen was a great fighter. He was an yeah. almost championship level fighter. That's that's about as good as he was. He beat the shit out of one of the greatest fighters of all time, Anderson Silva, for four and a half rounds, and got fucking triangled because he's a dummy and left his head out there. Uh, yeah, and. He was a tough guy. He always was in your face. He would tell you that he's going to come after you, and he would come after you, and he would probably lose <laughs> on yeah. those, in those big fights. You know, uh, he even lost Tito in uh, the Dumbest Man Alive <laughs> in Bellator. Um, yeah. So that toe injury has plagued John forever. Um, it's it's it, it it you don't like. There's going to be pain from that forever. He always has yeah. that toe uh, that toe uh, taped. Um, from what I understand, it has affected him in, in training. It has affected him. Like it's been a bad one. Um, because yeah. I mean, his toe almost came off his body. He almost literally lost his toe through sheer force of yeah. kneeing Chael Sonnen in the face, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, and they, I know like Deion Sanders has had to have like amputee, like I believe they amputated like his big toe or something from the injuries. Oh, that's and fucked up. Pain. That's yeah. Fucked like, so I don't know that it's the same, you know, but like, Something that seems mild, like, oh, my big toe, it could be a big problem, especially, like, you're talking about your balance, and you're talking about, like, using it as a weapon, all of this stuff in MMA, yeah. it could be a big problem for you. Yeah, but in jiu-jitsu, it's, it's very important to use your toes against the ground, mm -hmm. and, like, and kicking, and kicking is one of his biggest games, and everything, so, like, yeah. it's a big deal. Um, so then, after the Chael fight, let me make sure timeline-wise I don't get fucked up, because I know the next fight we watched was Gustafson, and I think that was his next fight, but I gotta make sure he didn't get arrested between these two fights, or yeah. anything like that. Um, John's in DC, yeah, no, so, uh, yeah, we go to uh, Gustafson. Yeah. Um, and the build up to this, Jones is talking about legacy now, which is fair. I mean, he's undefeated aside from the Matt Hamill thing. He's defended the title, uh, several successful. This times. is going to give him this, this fight was for the consecutive title defenses at light heavyweight, um, uh, record. Yeah. And he's talking fight. about, he wants to be the goat. Yeah. Like, and I think that that's fair at this point. He's, it's not hyperbolic. For no. Him. Um, Gustafson says he's ready and that Jones has never seen anybody like him and that he can beat Jones any day of the week. Uh, he, pull, he, he pulls out the everybody bleeds line. So Gus is clearly a fan of the predator. Uh, <laughs> and they, they talk about it. This was, I remember the, the buildup to this fight. There were the people that were saying this no name guy is not going to beat John Jones. John was a nine to one favorite. Yeah. But there were also people being like, John's never fought somebody as tall as he is. John's never fought somebody who's almost his size. He doesn't have the reach, but it will, how did you write down what? Re yeah, uh, John has a five and a half inch reach advantage, here, which, which is still is substantial. Yeah. It's still substantial, but it's you're still got a guy that is your size relatively. He's not as long, but he's he's a lot closer than the other guys, and his head's at the level of your head, you know. Yeah, and um, a and lot of times when Jones would get his takedowns, he'd get a single leg, and then he'd throw his giant arm over the guy's shoulder, and the guy would go down easily. He can't do that to Alex Gustafson. So, like, a lot of people were saying that. Fucking Andrew Idell, what what year was this? 2013? 23-year-old Andrew Idell was like, nah. John's <laughs> just a hot yeah. knife through butter. John Jones is going to kill this guy, you know? Um, well, I mean, Gustafson had racked up eight wins by KO, eight wins in the first round. Um, he's still, he'd main evented in Sweden, but he's still, like, relatively unknown to the American audience. And a uh, genuine 
absolute killer in the gym. Like yeah. anybody who trained with Alexander Gustafson would talk about um, he's a freak. He's he's like God's gift to him, mixed martial arts, um, especially yeah. at this time because he hadn't lost yet. Yeah. So um, watching this fight, well, he lost to Phil Davis, but he hadn't lost to like in a while. <clears throat> Uh, watching this fight, the first two rounds, that's really where the rubber meets the road. I, I don't know. Um, Gustafson in the first round does get John down, but he doesn't land any damage. Uh, still the first takedown of John Jones career officially. Um, but Jones hits some strikes to end it. The second fight, he, uh, Gustafson blocks a takedown and it's sort of back and forth. All of all of that is to say the third round I gave to Gustafson and the fourth round is where John Jones famously is getting beat up and he hits the spinning elbow from hell right to the top of Gustafson's head and hurts him and then finishes the round really causing damage to Gust uh, and cuts cuts his face up and in the fifth round that's Jones's round he's hitting high, he's hitting head kicks Gus is worn out Jones still has juice it's a tough fight, you know. Uh, the officials gave it 49-46 and then two 48-46s to John Jones. So if you're not familiar with MMA stra uh, rules, the rounds are 10-9 rounds. If you win the round, you get 10 points. If you lose, you get nine or less. Uh, so John Jones won three rounds to Gustafson's two rounds on two of the cards and one all but one round on one of the other cards. Well, and the 48-46s are with a 10-8. Uh, so 48-46 is three rounds to two with a 10-8. Because um, has got a 10 got Yeah, a so 48-47 is three rounds to two normally. So 48-46 oh, right. is with a 10-8. So that means that probably that, well, most, that fourth round, because he almost finished him in that fourth round yeah. with that spinning elbow, he got 10 eights on those, which is very interesting because he lost like the first four minutes of that round. Um, yeah. No, I've got, so, I scored, oh, I scored it. Uh, I gave Jones rounds two, four, and five. And historically, I always have given rounds, Jones round. When, admittedly, the first time I watched this fight, I did not know who won. I was like, fuck, he might have lost this fight. And then every, literally every time I've rewatched it, I've scored it because this is, this has been a contentious scorecard for a lot of people um, historically. Um, and I I gave Jones rounds two, four, and five. And I'm pretty confident in that. Yeah. Um, I gave Gustafson... For me, it's round two. Two yeah. is the, the trouble round. Yeah, and I gave Gustafson the first round. And third round, shaky. Um, I'm totally okay with giving it to either guy. So yeah. I understand the 49-46 Jones. I understand 48-47 Jones. I understand 48-46 Jones. I would even, I don't know if I could squint to see a 48-47 Gustafson, but it was a close fight. And it was, it was yeah. definitely, so Jones himself has said that he didn't train much for this fight, that he was wa literally walking to the octagon thinking, I'm not prepared for this. All, I, all he did was a little bit of boxing. Uh, this was the height of his partying. He loved to go out and get fucked up the week before the fight. Um, and... It's insane that he didn't see he's not the one that slowed down, but it was that elbow. That elbow changed the course of MMA history. You know what I mean? It's the same yeah. thing as the 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 Vitor situation, you know? Well, yeah, because I think the fourth round is Gustafson's round until that elbow. Oh, he's because yeah, it's not even close. He he kills him with that elbow and then he hits a 
really like gnarly head kick at the end of that round. And then in the fifth round, he's just throwing these head kicks, and Gus doesn't can't do anything. Yeah, he it's head kicked a... Gus probably eight or nine times in this fight. He was even landing him yeah. in rounds that he the early rounds that he was losing. He was landing head kicks. Um, um, yeah. So after the fight. He talks about a warrior spirit, and he talks about Gustafson taking him to the limit, and that he should have trained more, wink, wink, yeah. uh, for this fight. But I can also understand nobody's – Gustafson's coming out of nowhere. He's relatively unknown. And it's like, what you know, you're the champ, and you bid the champ, and everybody's telling you you're the greatest fighter of all time and all of this stuff. Like, you know, you, get, you gave in to the – to your lesser angels in this one and happen to be able to walk away with it. Like, yeah, I don't think it's egregious um, because Jones did so much in those later rounds, but it's definitely the closest fight he's ever had. Yeah. And I, I, you know, the, the cliches ring true. I think even uh, Rogan said uh, during the fight, it was like the most dangerous fight is the one you're supposed to win. And uh, I think that caught Jones a little bit off guard here. And, um, for at least the next cup, what's we watch, we've got DC, and then what is what is after that? Um, Reyes. Ray. Well, yeah, we, but we've got DC, and then he fought um, DC, and then he fought Ovince, and then he fought DC again. I think so. Like at least for the fights that were like danger fights for him, like da- like Cormier twice and Gustafson going forward because he fights Gustafson again. He's prepared for those fights coming in. Yeah. I can't and, say the same for all of his fights, but for those fights, at least he's. Um, and he's to be fair, fighting. in the rematch against Gus, he dominates him. I mean, yeah. they're two different fighters then, but like that was the magic moment. If Gustafson could have pulled it out, that's the moment that he would have had it. I feel for Gustafson too because he seems like a super nice guy. He's uh, he's a great fighter, um, and he's and, a, and he's a phenom who just unfortunately happens to live in the time of the two other greatest light heavyweights. Yeah, that's lived. the problem. I mean, he, I think he beats, he, he, I think he beats pretty much any other light heavyweight ever uh, for the title. I think Gus, I think very highly of, of Alexander Gustafson, but I say that and Rumble Johnson knocked him out too. So like, uh, but that was, that was a tough one. But anyway, um, so uh, that was UFC 165. Um, after UFC 173, uh, Daniel Cormier, uh, defeats Dan Henderson, and uh, he famously, after the fight, he hasn't forgotten about the uh, he hasn't forgotten about John Jones telling him that he could take him down. Um, yeah. And famously, after the fight, he says this. Let me see if I can get to the right. Daniel Cormier, Dan, uh, really a spectacular performance. One second, please. John Jones. You can't run away from me forever. I'm the kid at the wrestling tournament that is always in your bracket. No matter where you go, boy, I'm coming. You better hurry because I'm getting better. And you are getting better, sir. Uh, uh, Amazing performance tonight against a true legend in Dan Henderson. Did anything surprise you about this fight? No, I mean, it was just, I know nobody can wrestle me, so it doesn't matter. If I decide to take John Jones down 100 times, I'll take him down 100 times. This is my octagon. I'm the man. I don't. Wrong. Wrong. But, <laughs> but uh, I love Daniel Cormier. <laughs> like, uh, there's certain things about Daniel Cormier is kind of annoying sometimes. Like when he's when he's trash talking somebody, he like says the same yeah. thing over and repeats himself. He's one of those guys that like has a jo- when he gets a joke that works, he just keeps saying it. You know, John uh, Jones. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but that's a great post fight promo for yeah. MMA. Daniel Cormier. Uh, famous wrestling fan. He's a huge mark. Uh, but 
So he calls out John, and he calls out John pretty emphatically. Uh, and he, he, he lets the world know that he wants John Jones. He's not afraid of John Jones. He's ready for John Jones. And uh, so John is um, pretty immediately um, uh, scheduled against Alexander Gustafson uh, for a rematch. Uh, yeah. UFC 178. Uh, and Gustafson tears his meniscus. And DC steps in. Uh, Jones and um, and when I think Jones pulls out of that uh, with like a hand injury, and then they the fight gets moved to one, UFC 182. But um, <laughs> when they're promoting the UFC 178 fight, the original one, they have a media day, uh, which is one of the most famous uh, media days in the history of mixed martial arts. Um, they have to do a stare down. Jones walks onto the stage. DC walks onto the stage. Jones has his belt. Jones walks up to DC, leans down, puts his forehead on DC's forehead in a kind of demeaning, kind of big brother way. DC shoves John in the neck, and all hell breaks loose. Poor Dave Schaller has to uh, try to be in the middle of this while the whole set falls apart, and John's like throwing throwing shots at him. He tries to take DC down. And then you don't see what happens. And then, like, later on, John's, John's up and DC fucking throws his shoe at John. And, like, it gets brutal. Yeah. And Jones, there's a shot of Jones, like, full on screaming like a, like a video game character. And you're like, oh, that guy is unhinged. Like, something, yeah. something's going on with that guy. Yeah. This guy's different. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. He is <laughs> built different, dude. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I, I'm going to show a couple of clips. I'm going to play a couple of clips. The first one, I'm going to play uh, John and DC t- talking to each other. Uh, uh, I think that because I think there was an interview and then there was the hot mic incident and then there was the sports center interview. So there was an interview where John was like apologizing for like I'm so sorry for everybody that had to see that and all that stuff, and then he called Joe, he called DC like a tubby a fat tubby bitch when when, when the and then yeah. and then there was the uh, and then there was the I think there was the interview. So we'll do the interview in first. my lifetime. I and we'll John Jones after he was shoved by Daniel Cormier through several blows. The backdrop got taken down, and there you have it. That took place this afternoon at the MGM. Gray and John Jones joining us from Las talking. Vegas. Thank you, gentlemen, for being on yeah, SportsCenter. John, I'll start with you first. What exactly happened from your perspective today? You know what? Uh, first of all, I'd like to give an apology to the MGM Grand and all the fans, all the kids who saw that. So fake. It's so fake. Um, definitely not proud of what happened today, but... Um, uh, what happened was uh, we had a face-off, and in the UFC, it's very common to see two athletes get very close in their face-offs. Um, so, yeah. Our heads <laughs> touch. Our- it's, it's John being Mr. PR guy, you know what I mean? And DC calling him out for being fake. And then, uh, I, think bo- I think before this even uh, was the hot mic incident, but this is John Jones when he doesn't think the cameras are on. Got more to do. We have something to do. Well, I got water open for you there, John, if you want. Okay. Hey, pussy, are you still there? I'm here. I'm here. You're just the fakest person. I actually admire that you can actually be this fake 
and like when the TV comes on, how you can just change. It's like you're a chameleon. Hey, listen, it's I'm, awesome. I'm a professional. It is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. The fact that you're a pussy hasn't changed. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable how fake you can really be. Like you are just such a fucking pussy. My God, it is amazing. It is amazing. But you know what? Hats off to you. You got a great PR person. Because they, they do a great job with training you. Because you are just terrible. You're the fucking scum of the earth. You are a terrible human being. But you can sure turn it on, huh? Thank you. God, you fuck. I wish they would let me next door so I can spit in your fucking face. <laughs> you know I would absolutely kill you if you ever did something like that, you right? could never You could never kill me. Oh, I, I bet you I could. Then you should try, John. You really should try, John. No, I would literally kill you. You yeah, in my face. Yeah, let's try that, John. Literally kill you. Let's try that, John. I'm, I'm, not, telling, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying I would fight you. I said I would kill you. John, do you think, do you, like so, so, John, do you think I'm just going to sit there and let you kill me, John? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, also important to note they, they have them in two separate rooms. Oops. Yeah, they have uh, them in two separate rooms, so they're they're on a split screen on, on, on the thing. Uh, but it's also, you could tell, like... It takes John Jones a second to try to really figure out what he wants to say when DC says he's going to spit in his face. Yeah. And, and then he says, in in a dorky way, kind of in a threatening way that you would as a kid, like, I would absolutely kill you if you did something like that to me, you know? Yeah. Uh, but it's also, like, uh, it is very uh, trendy to call people psychopaths uh, <laughs> or whatever, you know? And I don't think to be as successful as John Jones is, you have to be a psychopath. But what you're dealing with is clearly a person who knows that, like, on television, I need to beat this guy. But when I'm not on television, I'm this guy. Uh, this is the real guy, you know, and like. And this uh, was the first time that we literally saw the contrast. You know what I mean? Where we saw the switch flip. Well, uh, and it's it's creepy because you because it's all one shot. So yeah. you see it literally change. Like, yeah, and that it, hot it mic literally inc- goes from one to the other. And that hot mic really... incident got released that day. So, like, we all yeah. got to see it in real time. Well, and that's that's harder to come back from than, like, oh, a different time I said some shit. <laughs> you know, it's like you can literally see the switch flipping. Like, oh, the camera's off? Well, now I'm going to say the real shit to this dude because I yeah. really don't like this guy. And before that, I'm like, I'd like to apologize to the MGM Grand. You know, sometimes... Uh, uh, people, you know, uh, tippers flare, and that's just a thing that happens. And then you're like, I'll I was a little hot under you. the collar. <laughs> yeah, I'll fucking kill you, dude. Yeah. And uh, Cormier, of course, is like, because John Jones isn't dealing with a person who's afraid of him, because John jo- because Daniel Cormier is a legitimate fucking athlete. Also, he's like, okay, sure, you think I'm gonna let you just do whatever you want, you know, or that you could even if you wanted to, like. That's really the feud is like Cormier is a guy that will stand up to John Jones because he believes that he's as good, if not better than John Jones. is. Yeah. And he, and Cormier is for, for everything. He's a real guy. He's yeah. not afraid to let you know his flaws. He's not afraid to cry on television. Like we've like, we're going to see later. He's not, yeah. he's not afraid of um, being himself. He doesn't have anything to hide. And John yeah. Jones has everything to hide. Um, right. At this and, point, because the person, it's like every, I mean, because Christianity plays such a big part in the person that he is perceived to be, you have to keep going back to it. But it's like every time one of those mega pastors falls, 
It's like, oh shit, the whole time this dude <laughs> was d doing blow in the rectory and all this shit, like, because you can't be your real self, because your real self is a bad person, because you've only because you've set yourself up against the uh the like the projection of the good person yeah you're supposed to that's be. the thing you played yourself you you stacked <laughs> the cards against yourself you right. know like nobody's mad if it like when it comes out like uh, aside from truly heinous crimes you know if i if i'm if a musician i like suddenly got caught like doing a bunch of blow oh all right well, you know yeah i wish you wouldn't because I, I, I hope he survives but do whatever you yeah. want man <laughs> i'm not shocked that yeah. that happened because he's not prepared he hasn't set himself up for the failure of that you know john jones uh the the marketing image is completely antithetical to the john jones the person at this point yeah, and during the, the hot mic thing keeps going, and he's like, I whooped your ass right now. I whooped your ass. And and DC's like, you know, that shows your your small level, level of education. You think that was a real fight? And John just keeps going, I whooped your ass. <laughs> yeah. And it's really funny. But So this is one of the best rivalries in the history of sports, I think. Um, and so the 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 um, uh, they Jones got a $50,000 fine. And forty hours of community service uh, for the for the brawl at the media thing. Uh, DC got a much smaller fine, um, and I think it was because Jones threw the first punch, uh, right. and not because Jones did the for initiate. I don't know. I don't think it was because Jones initiated first contact. I think it was that Jones threw the first punch because right. a lot of people shove at media events. Nobody gets in trouble, you know. Um, he told everybody he lost a six-figure Nike endorsement because of it, but that turned out to be a complete lie. Uh, <laughs> and that, oh, that he eventually admitted to, I think. Right. Um, I can't well, remember why he to... lost the Nike endorsement. I think they might it might have been because they saw the Reebok deal coming or something. I don't know, but also it could also be. Uh, it's hard to garner sympathy for losing your six-figure yeah. uh nike deal because you decided to act like a douche <laughs> like i don't know that that's the thing that that gets you back because like in the court of public opinion cormier i think at least for the this fight is the dude that everybody's like oh we're on this guy's side clearly the like <laughs> kind the of other guy, the other guy sucks everybody Our guy sucks but the other guy sucks uh and is fake about it you yeah know? everybody yeah. knows that if if it's a who who uh, who's a better person or like who do I respect more? Yeah, it's Cormier. But like the crowd, a lot of the crowds just rooted for John because he's a fucking villain, and people root for great. I was rooting for John yeah. Jones. I like Daniel Cormier. Now right. after the fact, I'm a 32 year old man. I have a bit. I'm like man, I've I've rooted for John Jones against Daniel Cormier, <laughs> yeah. and like, but I rooted for greatness. You know what I mean? And right. I think that's what happens. Like. Everybody like, knows uh, who was in the right here. Overall. It's like rooting for Belichick during all those years where it's like, yeah, he's evil, sir, sir, probably. But like, I, I want to see I want to see more championships than I've ever seen. I've literally let, never rooted against me, Tom Brady. You know what right, I mean? Like, 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 let me have it. Like, Tom Brady stinks. I'm sure of it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I only get one turn around, you know, the, the sun. I didn't get to see Bill Russell or uh, Muhammad Ali or whoever. I got to root for the guy in my time that's going to be the greatest guy. Maybe. And I can't believe yeah. I'm saying this, and I should be thrown in jail and hit by lightning for this, but I rooted for Conor McGregor against Nate Diaz. <laughs> and Nate Diaz 
is yeah. one of my favorite human beings. <laughs> is your guy, yeah. I would never root against Nate Diaz now, but like yeah. back then I rooted for greatness because I wanted right. the, the gravy train to continue because the circus was so much fun. You know what I mean? Right. But um, I'm glad Nate beat him. I wish he would have beat him again, and uh, <laughs> I hope yeah. Michael Chandler beats him, you know? But um, anyway, so uh, the, the fight happens, and it's a good fight, but... DC doesn't have a lot for Jones. He 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 has really good dirty boxing and lands uppercuts, a lot yeah. of good uppercuts. But Jones just smothers him against the cage and well, pot shots a, him over and over again. Again, it's a twelve inch reach advantage. Yeah, like, you <laughs> yeah. know. And Cormier, uh, for people who don't know, is two time Olympic wrestling alternate. Like he is well within his right to believe that he could out wrestle John Jones. This is where Kale Sanderson's going to come up again. I, I talked about him earlier. Yeah. Uh, so DC was the was uh he lost in the NCAA tournament the, the the for the national championship he ran up against Kale Sanderson and lost to him. Kale Sanderson's maybe the best uh amateur wrestler in in, in NCAA history or at least one of them. Um imagine having to tell your kids that you were never the best in the world because That's your time was during Kale Sanderson and yeah. John Jones. <laughs> yeah, it's it stinks. Uh, now I I had it a little different. I had uh, I had two rounds for each guy, uh, and the first round I I I imagine they give to Jones. The the officials had it different than me, which is what I was going to say later. Is like I don't know that I would be a good MMA judge. Uh, it's hard. I, I think it was forty nine forty six, wasn't it? Um, the ultimate scorecard. The uh, forty nine, forty six, and then two forty eight, forty sixes. So, okay, so they had so somebody else gave him a fucking uh, a, it gave John a ten eight in that in that fight. Yeah. So, um, but it does it did sort of show the a template to maybe beat uh John Jones because the dirty boxing from Cormier was very effective. Like once you can get inside of Jones's range, if you can do it in the clinch, if you're if you're good enough, like you can you can hit your shots. Yeah, the you problem know? you'd have to, you gotta hurt him. That's the thing because John's still gonna beat you in the clinch. You yeah. can land shots, but he's still gonna beat you there if you stay there long enough because uh, he's too heavy. He just puts yeah. you, especially if he's that much bigger than you. Oh, I'm um, sorry. It was forty nine, forty six, all three. Uh, yeah. So um, yeah, and I'm seeing. One like Jones got the first round on all three cards. Uh, DC got the second round on two cards, and one judge gave DC the third, and all the rest went to Jones. Um, yeah, I had DC for the second and third. I had Jones for the fourth and fifth, and then the first round was a tough one to score. Well, according to the judges, one judge agreed with you on both the second and the third. So um, yeah. I had it. I had it wider than that the first time I watched it, but I didn't score it this time. So. Um, yeah, it it anyway, uh, J- Jones won and he it was it was it was competitive, but Jones is just too much bigger than Cormier to be honest. Yeah, it's uh and then Jones afterwards is uh he apologizes for being classless, but it's because he does not like Daniel Cormier. Yeah, because he uh <laughs> so uh Jones remember the 100 out of 100 thing and Jones always said I, I promise I will take you down. Jones took him down a couple times. Sometimes he took him down, you could tell, just to take him down, just so he could be a yeah. dick. Uh, Cormier got one of his patented slams, picked up Jones, put him on the ground. Uh, Cormier, at the end of the fight, was holding on to, like, a fucking Hail Mary single leg 
and Jones was just bouncing around, and Jones started putting his hands in the air, and Cormier was like, all right, I guess he's not going to try. I'm not going to try and let go, and Jones just blasted him in the face a couple times. Yeah. And, and then hit him with the DX crop chop. Crotch chop. He, he DX like, sucked at him. So, yeah. uh, and, and so that's like, I'm sorry I'm being classless right now. I do not like DC. <laughs> <It was> fucking... <laughs> yeah. I'll it's never great. forget that. Uh, and, yeah, so uh, it, after the fight, it was announced that – oh, and uh, Cormier cries. Uh, Cormier tends to cry when he loses, understandably. He, he cares a lot. Uh, I get mad when fir- I miss – It's the first loss of his career. Uh, I get mad when I hit a bad golf shot. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, after the fight, it is announced that Jones tested positive for cocaine metabolites one month <laughs> before the fight. Yeah. Um, you know why the, he tested for cocaine? Because she don't lie, baby. You that can't. Is a, that is a good point. She, she's always going to tell the truth on you. Thank you. Uh, he can't get off the cocaine train. He always, John yeah. always talks. John Jones always talked about how he loved to go out and party the week before the fight. This was a month before the fight, and cocaine only stays in your system like three days. So, um, he Jones was a partying before the best fight, the the biggest fight of his life. He also very very clearly trained for this fight. So, anyway. Um, the Nevada State Athletic Commission doesn't have cocaine on his banned substance list, so they could they couldn't pull him from the fight because uh, they only care about performance enhancing stuff. Right. Uh, frankly, the positive test shouldn't have even been public knowledge, and uh, there's a chance that they shouldn't have even uh, have been administered. Like they, I don't know why they're looking for banned substances that aren't even banned. Um, they don't. Like, it's a weird thing, you know. Uh, he's actually mentioned yeah. suing them uh, over it. Uh, he ultimately was fined twenty five thousand dollars for the failed test, and uh, he was ordered to go to re. Well, he was an order to go to rehab. He willfully went to rehab for one night. <laughs> Fixed me. Hey, I just need. Do you guys have some kind of tech that makes the cocaine metabolites tinier? So <laughs> no, I don't All want right. it bigger. I don't want the other the other tech. <laughs> I, want, I want it to be smaller if possible. Uh, so. Uh, also, it should be noted that before the fight, Jones' testosterone to epitestosterone levels were extremely low, um, like the level of a female. Uh, so it's very, very interesting. Uh, Corbiers were a little wacky too, to be honest, but Jones were so fucked up that it seemed it's it's very unlikely that it happened naturally. But he never got caught for anything. Um, so that would be like if you're cycling off of a anabolic. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he was then scheduled to fight Anthony Rumble Johnson at UFC 187. Um, and then April 27th, 2015, um, I'll, I'll literally never forget this day. Uh, I think you walked over to my desk at work. Uh, well, I mean, they're yeah. looking. Okay, it is announced that the Albuquerque police are looking for John Jones in connection with a hit and run accident the previous morning. Yeah. So, like, they're looking for the light heavyweight champion of the world, you know? Um, it comes out that after a night of partying, John Jones ran a light, ran a red light, and crashed his car in Albuquerque. Uh, he he crashed. Apparently, there were two other cars involved in this crash. Um, one of them uh, included a pregnant woman who had a broken arm or a broken leg. I can't remember. I think it was a broken arm. Um, witnesses say that, that John got out of the car, ran for a bit before turning around, grabbing a bunch of cash out of the car and just stuffing it into his pants, and then running off the running off again. Um, apparently at some point he was like somewhere near the scene, like a, there's, there's like a little hill next to the place and he was Why at the top of the hill. I don't know, man. And he was like crouched like a catcher, like looking and just like looking at the scene of the accident before he just scurried off, scurried off again. Um, yeah. uh, uh, 
in the car there was a pipe with weed condoms and a paper paperwork that said jonathan jones on it um the video eventually got released of the cops like going through the car and like this is john jones the ufc fighter holy shit um luckily john... he didn't have his uh real name jonathan bonus jonas on it <laughs> that would have... is it this jonathan quicker. bonus jonas's car uh he... <laughs> No way. Uh, no fooling. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He he eventually, once he got was turned himself in, he tweeted, like, got a lot of soul searching to do. Sorry for everyone I let down or something. You think? Uh, so tweet. I thought yeah. there was a gun. Was there not? A, or is that a different? No, this is a different situation. <laughs> oh, um, good. All right. Jones was eventually sentenced to 18 months supervised probation, and he had to make 72 separate appearances for charity and youth outreach. So yeah. um, honestly, in terms of, and this is a, uh, this is a horrible thing to say, the smartest thing he ever did was run away from that uh, from that accident. Um, DUI with injury was a worse would have been a worse sentence than the hit and run that he got. Fully um, the scene and all of that. So uh, it's kind of a l- bullshit loophole in the law, right? Uh, because Get it's Steve to drive you. I know, seriously. <laughs> um, yeah. So he said something about like he partied the night before and he didn't go to sleep or he woke up on somebody's couch and got in his car and drove. He's probably up all night getting blasted and he was probably still fucked up from the night before and he, and he crashed his car. Um, so Jones is stripped of his UFC title for the first time uh, and spend, suspended indefinitely. Um, Cormier stepped in for Jones, beating Rumble and becoming the UFC light heavyweight champion. And that was the undisputed championship from what I understand, uh, from what I remember. Less than six months after the accident, Jones is reinstated and a rematch with Cormier is scheduled for UFC 197 with Cormier pulling out due to injury and being replaced by Ovince St. Preux. Uh, on March 29th, 2016, a month before his return fight, Jones is booked into jail for violating his probation. The week prior, he was cited for drag racing, racing and given five different tickets. Um, and I've got a video of his arrest. Driver's license, registration, insurance. Please turn your car off. It's just part of it. It's a 10-minute video. Are you drag racing at Cadillac? <laughs> I didn't Sir, drag race Sir, driver's license, registration, and insurance, please. I did not drag race at Cadillac. Man, you just harassed me, man. I'm just asking you a simple question, my Jonathan. My car is well because it's a sports car. I just simply read Both my Both you took off at a high rate of speed, sir. No, I did Only not. Only you kept going. He no, slowed I down. No, I did not. Okay. You are an absolute Liar. Well, we can talk about it in court. I need you to sign inside this box. How do you sleep with yourself? Fucking Mostly on my left shit. side, sometimes on my back. Harassing me like this. Can't wait to get out of my face. You're despicable. I feel the same way about you, sir. Hey, disgust me. Once again, feelings mutual. So, a little antagonistic cop, uh, but not the cop's fault. John Jones, obviously being a dick in this situation. <laughs> Do you know who I am? I'm UFC light heavyweight champion Jonathan Bonus Jonas. (laughs) Nobody treats Jonathan Bonus Jonas like this. Uh, Yeah, I've been watching a lot of Audit the Auditors uh, videos because they come up on my uh, on my feed, and it's where like you know there's camera footage of uh, some police interaction or something, and then there's a guy explaining it, and then he explains the law, and then he gives a grade to the to the cop, and then the person. Um, I I bet John Jones doesn't get a high grade. I bet the cop doesn't get a high grade either. You can't. Yeah, and like I said, that's a ten minute video, and Jones is yeah. fucking going off on this guy the whole time. Uh, yeah. 
uh, he, and he, Jones eventually apologizes and like yeah. uh, he, he, he's not jazzed that the, that the, we all saw the video and like yeah. all that stuff. So um, my actions just... do not reflect the best of me, Jonathan Bonus Jonas, <laughs> the man I wish to be to my children. Uh, please forgive me. We need to write him and see if see if he'll start wearing Jonathan Bonus Jonas uh, uh, merch. That's um, a new that's a new T shirt. <laughs> Uh, so John, they don't, it's honestly, and it's just drag racing. You know what I mean? It's just pod racing. Uh, so, uh, you're, there, it's not something to really, um, cancel a fight over, even though it is like a, I think it was, uh, it was a probation violation, but, um, it was like, this is the least bad thing John Jones has ever done. Sure. So, um, he fights Ovin St. Prue. Uh, please, Mr. Jones, stop kicking me in the leg, Mr. Jones. Yeah. <laughs> my, oh, my, my arm hurts so bad. Oh, Mr. man, Mr. Jones, stop kicking my arm. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, he wins kind of a boring decision. Um, and this was the first time that j- people were like, is John Jones starting to fade? Like, is he done? Um, uh, people were really oh, underwhelmed. Man. Oh, man, was that a boring fight. I remember watching that fight with you. And just yeah. Like, uh, it's clear St. Prue's got nothing for him. Uh, unfortunately, because I say Prue's a good fighter, but it's just yeah. like John Jones is never worried about what's going to happen in that fight. No, and he's know? just kicking his leg and doing the knee thing and all that stuff. So yeah. um, the rematch, Jesus Christ, uh, I just keep from <laughs> just seeing what's next. The rematch with Cormier is scheduled for July 16th at UFC 200, uh, three months after the Ovens fight. Um, <laughs> three days before the fight, Cormier is informed that Jones had tested positive for clomiphene, which is an uh, anti-estrogen substance, and uh, letrozole, which is an aromatose inhibitor, which is commonly used to prevent gyno, which, uh, so for those of you who don't know what gyno is, it's bitch tits. Um, so uh, this, and this is, this is the first, uh, this is actually very early in the, uh, um, well, not, this is the first year of USADA. Uh, first like five months of USADA um, actually testing people in the UFC. So um, there's a video of jo- of Cormier finding out that John Jones had tested positive. I sent that to you, Dusty. Um, yep. Pretty pretty intense. Yeah, I mean, well, again, I could just imagine like uh, training tra- training for a UFC fight fe- feels like the most grueling thing that you could do. You know, I've ran like half marathons. I know people that ran marathons, people train really hard for those things and training breaks you down. And then to find out that you trained for all that shit and then you don't get to do the thing that you want to do. Plus you hate the guy you're fighting. You know, so you like, you lost to him. You don't get to vindicate yourself. Uh, you like, um, Cormier's like, I'll sign a waiver. I can, I, is there anything I can do? And, uh, Dana White's like, yeah, there's, we can't do anything. If any of you guys, if any of you guys haven't seen that video, I'd suggest watching it. It's like uh, Dana sits there. It was on embedded. That's how they got it. And Dana sits there and he's like, Jones tested positive. And DC just starts like kind of slamming his feet on the ground. And he's like, I trained so hard. And like, and it's, it's, it's just, it's heartbreaking. It really is. And um, Jones claimed that he had taken a a sexual enhancement drug that contained uh the two substances um, the horny goat weed yeah but, it was like uh, a gas station dick pill basically yeah um yeah. his team produced the pills to usada and usada confirmed 
that they did contain the two substances. Um, as a result, he received a one-year suspension, and USADA declared that he was not a drug cheat. So, this is not definitive. He did right. not give. He can't give you the pills he took because the pills he took have already gone through his body, right? So, right. a lot of times, what a smart steroid user would do is take some substances, find some horny goat weed that has those two <laughs> substances, yeah. have that on you. And then give it to the give it to the people when when you pop for those substances. Um, not saying that's what happened, right? I'm just saying with John Jones's history, it's hard to believe everything that comes out of his mouth. Anything that comes out of his mouth. Yeah. How funny is it if if it is true and his team's like, okay, we found something that has the other substances in it, John, and he's like, oh great, and then they're like. It's dick pills. Yeah, you have like, to pretend. Oh, <laughs> you have to be like, oh shit, I have to take gas station <laughs> uh, dick pills. Or you can admit that you were on steroids. Either way. Either way. Yeah. I don't really mind <laughs> yeah. either way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fuck. What can, can I at least say Cialis? <laughs> uh, yeah. They're going to so... call me John Boner Jones after this, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan Boner Jonas. So, Jonathan Boner's Jonas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, so and the, look, the, if somebody didn't make a John Boner Jones pill, oh, it, come on, it, man, it happened a lot. It was a okay. big thing. It was a big thing. Um, yeah. Because he's a twenty-seven-year-old man, you need wiener pills. Why? <laughs> Maybe for fun. I well, don't and know. the thing is, like, well, yeah, that's one thing. A lot of partiers use those, uh, yeah. for, especially when you're taking other drugs. Apparently, that stops your ability to perform. Uh, but also, a lot of people who have really low testosterone because they used to do di they used to do steroids <laughs> right. need those pills. So. Um, yeah, so uh, Anderson, uh, Anderson Silva steps in at UFC 200. DC beats him. Not a fun fight at all. Um, and a, a fun event, like kind of a fun event fight where it's like, oh, shit, this is going to be weird, you know, but it wasn't a fun yeah. fight overall. And then um, the rematch with Cormier finally happens. Oh, at that time, by the way, uh, when the, uh, uh, the dick pill thing happened at UFC 200, Jones was the interim champion. I forgot to mention that the Ovens fight was for the interim title. Yeah. Jones stripped of the interim title, uh, which makes him the first UFC fighter to be stripped of the title twice. Um, and so the rematch with Cormier finally happens on July 29th, 2017 at UFC 214 in Anaheim. Um, the buildup was heated again. I'm not going to, I'm not going to play a lot. I'm only going to play one like 16 second clip that I think summarizes a lot of it. Uh, this was a lot of, I mean, DC was getting booed at the press conferences after John had all these things. And DC's like, you're booing fucking me, bro. He does steroids and like all this cheats on his wife. And um, DC was basically saying, you don't deserve this, John. Like I, I do all the right things and these guys boo me. I'm still going to take your title. So uh, this is. I like to sit there on your high horse, but I'm telling you right now, this is my life and I'm willing to die to beat you. Because as I've said many times, you don't deserve this. I will die to beat you on April 23rd. All right. Be prepared to do that. Like to say <sighs> Be prepared cool to do that, man. And like <laughs> yeah. that's that's the thing about Jones is like he's he's a killer. Like he really is and he hasn't he hasn't shown it as much in his most recent fights, but he's just a ruthless guy and like he's he he has this two-face about him where he tries to be this soft pure guy, but when you see that look in his eye, he's a yeah. different person. And the the way he says that, okay, be prepared to do that. He means that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, uh, so, yeah, they fight at UFC 214. 
Yeah, um, the the commentators talk about how Cormier looks really good. He's doing a lot of striking combinations. Um, he's he's getting his strikes off, um, and he does look good. I in fact gave both of the uh, first two rounds to Cormier because I Jones had more output, but I thought that the the strikes that Cormier were land, was landing was were more substantial. Um, of course, none of that matters because in the third round, Jones hits a head kick that rocks Cormier and then immediately just jumps on him and is chasing him around the cage, does one of the coolest things I've ever seen where he kicks Cormier's leg as he's backing up to trip him, which is like vicious, and then hits him with a flying body kick. J DC falls over, Jones jumps on top of him and hits him with elbows against the cage until the referee stops it. Uh, three minutes, one second of the third round. Um, DC tries to protest. He's really upset after the fight, but it's because he was knocked out and he does not remember what happened uh, as he admits to Joe Rogan. Um, and then Rogan interviews Jones, who's thankful to his family, his friends, his coaches. He thanks DC for being his biggest rival and a motivator to him. Um, and then they interview Cormier, which they shouldn't have done. Um, and he's crying and he's like, cause he's not in a, he's not in a place where he could talk about it. Cause he doesn't remember what happened. Um, yeah, I've got that right here. Hold on. Yeah. Daniel, give us your thoughts right now. I don't know, man. Uh, I thought the fight was going well. I don't even know what happened. It's like I kicked in the head. Oh man. I'm so disappointed. You know, I don't think it's a good idea to interview fighters after they've been knocked out, but I really wanted to give you, you a think? chance to express yourself. I know this was an incredible moment for you. It was very emotional. What, what can you say at all about this and the rivalry between you and John? I don't know, man. I guess if you win both fights, there is no rivalry, so I, I don't know. Thank you for everything, Daniel. Daniel Cormier, ladies and gentlemen. And then they zoom in real close on a sobbing Daniel Cormier. Like that, uh, if he wins both fights, I guess it's not a rivalry line is like heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah. Cause like uh, it was a right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we all know it was. Well, because look, and it's uh, just because I, I scored the rounds for John for DC obviously doesn't mean that he's dominating Jones there. They are fighting. Yeah, so They're... on, on the scorecards, uh, two, two, um, it's very interesting. Two judges had it nineteen nineteen, so two judges had it around a piece, and one judge had it two to zero Jones. Oh, that's a um, well. Which I don't know if I agree with the two to zero Jones. So we can talk about it later. I think uh, what John Jones does is tricky. Um, it's tricky to score. It's tricky to see a lot of the time. Um, but I think that that comes out later in these other fights. I forgot. A uh, little piece of history where John Jones challenges Brock Lesnar after the fight uh, to a, uh, if you want to know what it's like to get your ass kicked by a guy who weighs 30 pounds less than you, come see me in the octagon. Yeah, it's a pretty good one, too. That's a good challenge. Um, yeah. It doesn't materialize, but uh, it's it's a good call out. So, and he, and he, he destroys Lesnar if they fight. Lester stand up. Les, the whole thing, the book on Lester is he like his stand up is not very good, and he doesn't like to get hit. 
Yeah, it would have been so, interesting only because of the si- the the weight difference. Uh, but right. I and think uh, John Jones still, Jones still wins. I think, but uh, weight difference would have been very interesting. Um, yeah. August twenty second, twenty seventeen. Uh, which you don't if if you're following along when I have specific dates, it's usually not a good sign for John Jones. Uh, it wasn't. He went to Chuck E. Cheese, and it was a good time. For no, him, but, it was. This is three weeks later. I remember this day because. Dusty and I were talking about this when it happened at, at the bank. Uh, John Jones is notified of a potential drug t- drug test violation from an in-competition test following the UFC 214 weigh-ins. Both the A and B sample ultimately both uh, both confirm that Jones tested positive for Terinabol, an anabolic steroid. The fight is changed to a no contest. His title is stripped for the third time and given to Cormier. Um Jones claimed that it was a result of a tainted supplements again, did the same thing, provided the the supplements. uh, Usadis said they believed him. Uh, Again, uh, he's suspended for 15 months when he was facing 48 months. And um, 30 months were removed because he provided, quote-unquote, substantial assistance to Usada, which generally means he gave them info on someone else who was cheating. Um, oh, or wow. someone who is like providing for people, but it's very, it's more likely that he ratted on another fighter. Um, and I think there was, know, he's admitted he's a, he's want to do, he's a bit of a snitch. Uh, so yeah. we, uh, I think there was eventually speculation as to who that fighter was. Like somebody got in trouble and they were like, Oh, was it the Jones one? But I can't remember. Um, so yeah, so this is, this is Jones second steroid centric drug test failure his third overall drug test failure his third time getting the the ufc title stripped from him he still haven't hasn't lost by the way if you guys are following like he lost to (laughs) matt hamill and he's won all these fights with all this shit going on around him um when jones is eligible to fight again he is scheduled in a rematch against alexander gustafson at ufc 232 the fight was originally scheduled to take place at the t-mobile arena in vegas but earlier that month, Ball was again detected in Jones's blood. Um, the USC VP of Athlete Health and Performance, Jeff Nowitzki, who's like, he's like the liaison between USADA and the UFC, uh, he claimed that USADA believed the result was due to the original Ball quote-unquote, pulsing in John Jones's blood, with the detection being down to the picogram. So picogram is a word that has now entered the MMA lexicon. Picogram Jones is up there with motivated bj and looking his eye chuck and all that shit right. level cane <laughs> and um there were so many people just talking about picograms for weeks bro it fucking killed me so a picogram is 0.1 that is how small of a gram that is how small a picogram is yeah. um, well, it I, is, I remember some of the th- or sorry go ahead the picogram is the average weight of the DNA in one cell of a hummingbird's uh, of a hummingbird. <laughs> the DNA of one cell of a hummingbird. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember a lot of, of talk at that time also being like, okay, if it can pulse in his blood or like in his test for that long, like how do we know what's a real uh, drug test failure? How do we know? What's just, you have to let it get out of his system. How long does it take to get out? Does it ever go out of his system? Yeah, <laughs> like, and that's what, eventually, really knew. that's what eventually happened. So Nevada was like, we can't license this guy to fight next month because we don't have enough time to do research to verify what USADA is saying about, these, about this pulsing. 
Um, but California was like, hey, guys, come on over here. We'll take the money. We'll sign him. Um, yeah. Because honestly, a picogram is, a, like I showed earlier, is a minuscule amount of something, like 11 zeros before the one. You know what I mean? Uh, and we're talking about grams, and a gram itself is pretty small. You know, it's like 10 bucks a weed. Uh, so <laughs> the it is it is tiny. So the fight, this is crazy, dude. This is crazier than canceling a fight. Six days before the fight was supposed to happen, it got moved to the forum in L.A. Um, yeah. Imagine that. The logistics of that, all these people that, like, had fight camps that are now in Vegas, they have to ship off to L.A. while they're cutting weight. They had all these people cutting weight on buses and in planes. And they had to move the whole set. They had to move everything because John Jones couldn't fight in Vegas. Um, and uh, John Jones defeated Gustafson in the third round via TKO. Um, it was a really fun fight. It was a really fun event, if I remember correctly. I think that is that's when uh, Nunez knocked out Cyborg. Um, so that was, that was a fun oh, event. Oh yeah. I yeah. almost I very nearly went to this one, but I didn't. Um, so he knocks out Alexander Gustafson. Just the guy just doesn't like. It's weird, man. So. Um, yeah. Guy doesn't miss. Yeah. You know? So March second, unless we're talking about doing cocaine, yeah. which <laughs> he has missed quite a bit. He has missed quite a bit. He doesn't miss his nose, but he misses. No, no, no. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so on March second, twenty nineteen, John Jones fights Anthony Smith, um, dominates him, winning a wide decision despite having two points deducted for an illegal knee. Yep. Um, July 21st, 2019, it is reported that Jones was charged with battery uh, after a cocktail wait waitress at a strip club claimed that Jones slapped her, put her in a chokehold, and kissed her on her neck and continued to touch her after she asked to stop. Asked him to stop. Jones pled no contest and got mostly just a slap on the wrist. Um, it was kind of like a uh, don't go back to that strip club for a while and don't get in trouble with the law for like two months or something like right. that. I can't remember what the exact thing was. Not a, hey, don't put ladies in chokeholds no. uh, with, uh, without their consent. It's uh, like, be a, be a good boy. Pee on the puppy pad. Yeah. Um, so then Jones fights Thiago, Thiago Santos on July 6th, 2019, uh, winning a split decision uh, that many people thought he should have lost. Santos's knee exploded during that fight. Like he was yeah. a one-legged man, and Jones couldn't really do much to him. This was the end of Thiago Santos's career. I, I, I think he's fought since, but he was never the same um, because well, he his tore, knee. He tore literally everything. Everything in his knee. In his knee. Yeah. yeah, and um, so that leads us to Dominic Reyes. John Jones fights Dominic Reyes on February eighth, twenty twenty. Winning and oh, go ahead, go on. Yeah, so Reyes is undefeated coming into this thing. He's a former football player. Um, John Jones has a seven and a half inch reach advantage on him, um, but uh, Reyes is twelve and zero, so he's not he's not nothing. But clearly, they don't have like a guy for him. But Reyes had won a few fights in a row. This is the fifteenth straight title fight for John Jones. Imagine. Like amidst all the suspensions and the being stripped of the title and all this stuff, he's fought for the belt 15 times in a row, zero losses. Um, I, uh, Reyes really does well in the early portions of this fight. Like in round one, he's trying to throw a lot of uh, combos and stuff, and he's trying to not let Jones take the center. Um, in round two, 
I couldn't really call that round. I gave the first round to Reyes. In uh, the third round, I gave to Reyes. But Jones is starting to take over. But Reyes blocks a takedown from Jones. So he's able to still do some stuff. As is often the case, the fourth and fifth rounds, John Jones puts it on him. Um, as Reyes gets really tired, uh, Jones does a takedown in round five. Jones hits a body kick and then just eats him up with kicks till the end of the fight. Um, 48-47 on two scorecards, 49-46 on one scorecard, all for Jones, uh, and that's a unanimous decision. I don't know where the 49-46, what they were thinking. Uh, I had... Um, I had I think three I two gave, for Jones. I, I think. think I I think I gave the first three rounds to Dominic Reyes. Oh, wow. This is the first time that I actually think that that John Jones lost that fight, but that yeah. shows you, like, I, my, my opinion has changed. Uh, in the past, I thought John Jones won this fight. Yeah. I'm going to have to watch it again. But this morning, watching it, I'm like watching the uh, the rounds, and I'm like, oh shit, I think that's three. Like, and 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 yeah, uh, the second round is the one that I couldn't call. Okay, because um, both guys are doing stuff there. I think Reyes comes out really strong in the first round, um, and he hurts Jones. And then in the third round, I think that's his. And then the last two, the championship rounds, I both gave to Jones. That's the thing. It's a it's a a, t- a guy as tall as Jones doesn't have the reach, but it's close. What's his reach advantage on this one? Do you know? Uh, yeah, it was seven and a half. Seven and a half. So it's still fucking long. God damn it, yeah. dude. And he's still six four. It's crazy. But yeah. uh, he uh, he's the 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 key to beating John Jones is to be tall and fast. Yeah. There's not a lot of people in MMA that are tall and fast because being tall kind of makes it hard to be fast in terms of striking sometimes uh, you're long and lanky. It takes a long, it's a lot more real estate to move. Um, well, so... and one of the things, the main thing that I took away from watching all of these John Jones fights was people talk about there being a clear path to victory. Like if you can get to John Jones legs, they, the, no one's really done it. Also, nobody's knocked him down. Nobody's ever str- hit him with a strike and done significant damage to him to knock him down. And you can't take him down and hold him. So, like, where is the opportunity to beat him? Uh, And people always think that it's if you can beat up his legs, then maybe that slows him down. But nobody's effectively been able to prove that because no one's done it. And it's because (laughs) John Jones will kick the shit out of your legs and tire you out and make it so you can't advance forward. Like, he uses his reach better than anybody's ever used their reach. And it's a lot of those oblique kicks and like the knee kicks and stuff. Um, And that's what I was noticing is a lot of what Jones does now is not particularly flashy. And I think that's why he's losing rounds on my scorecard, but he's always moving. He's always touching people up. He's always hitting you. And then in the later rounds, when you're tired, he still has all of his energy because you've been backing up the whole time. And it's never him being the tired one at the end. It's always the other guy. And it's always because the guy has, you have to explode to beat John Jones. You have to beat him with explosiveness because you're not going to beat him at what he does. And you have to get inside his range and you have to get inside his guard. And so you have to be the active one. Yeah. And And, you're always, uh, Dominic Cruz, who did the commentary on the the last couple talked about, uh, Reyes is always, he's moving, but he's always backing up and it's harder to run backwards than it is to move forwards. And he's, moving all the time and jones isn't really moving that much and so jones has all this energy still stored up for later in the fight yeah because jones is cutting him off and cutting him off you're you're taking a straight line to things you know what i mean and um so yeah i with this this watch this particular watch i thought don dom reyes won that fight but um 
I'm gonna have to watch it again. And Don Dom Reyes's career has not gone well since fighting. Yeah, he lost John the Jones. next three fights, and those are the last three fights he had. And so it's lost... looked, and it's been really bad. Like, well, that's what happens to dudes who fight Jones too. Is like they <laughs> afterwards they have a really tough time. It seems like. Yeah, uh, and yeah, he got TKO'd by Jan Blachowicz. He got KO'd badly by Yuri Prochatska, however you say that fucking fucked up name. And Ryan Spann murdered him. So he's been, he has been destroyed three times in a row. A lot of people are thinking it might be time to hang it up, which is crazy because he's only 33 years old. Yeah. Um, but he'll always be known as the guy who came the closest to beating John Jones, which is funny because Diago Santos is the, is the guy who got a scorecard against John Jones. Um, yeah. And I need to watch that Santos fight again. I didn't watch it for this deep dive because I didn't have time because there's so much fucking research for all this. Um, but, yeah, he uh, – I know. I remember it was a very close fight, but I did score it for John, I believe. Yeah, I think – I mean, the, the crazy thing is, like, there are uh, – I mean, John Jones is a guy now that you can talk about having definitive chapters in his career. Like – in the beginning, he's this explosive, raw talent guy who beats people with, like, overwhelming athleticism and, like, like you said, being mean and violent. Like, those those finishes early on are brutal. And then he becomes a refined MMA fighter who still gets finishes because uh, now he can put people in better positions. And now he's sort of got... I wonder what's going to happen to heavyweight, but he's got this reputation... As a guy who'll just take the five rounds, he doesn't feel like I, or at least it doesn't seem like he's worried that somebody else is going to beat him unless he puts himself in a situation to get beat. So, like, I wonder if that's why the wrestling's gone away more um, because he did get caught in that arm bar. That's about the closest to John Jones has ever been to losing in a, uh, like, uh, losing not a decision was that still yeah, that arm bar by, uh, by Vitor. Yeah, I think. You know, I think there's there's a lot to there, a lot goes into it. Uh, he's 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 been so cer- cerebral that I think it's gotten in his way a little bit. I think a little bit more seat when he was flying by the seat of his pants, uh, he was more dominant of a fighter and more dangerous of a fighter. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, he's been hurt quite a few times. He's been he's been hit. He's been um, he did for a while. He got obsessed with heavy um, like powerlifting. And that really um, slowed him down. There was a, after, I can't remember which fight it was. It might've been the O Vince fight. I think he, but before the O Vince fight, I think he did like powerlifting and he started like showing, like there were pictures of John Jones with like being jacked, popping up. And you can hear Greg Jackson after the fight saying, we're going to stop that powerlifting shit. He gasses. Um, And he continued to do it throughout his career. So I think there, he, there was a little bit of energy, like trying to keep his energy a little bit. I also think he was fighting bigger guys, except for like Cormier. So, if you see with like Reyes and like a lot of different, a lot of the bigger guys, he has a really hard time getting those guys to the ground. Like he doesn't yeah. get the takedowns as easy. And, and so wrestle, he, wrestling makes you tired. Yeah, like, and they get off the cage too. Yeah. So like he can't get to these places where he was previously dominant. And um, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with Cyril Gone. But we got a couple of loose ends to tie up because John Jones yeah, wasn't done. Yeah. <laughs> um he's a habitual line stepper. Yeah, so uh March twenty sixth, twenty twenty, John John Jones was given was charged with aggravated DUWI 
when he was caught driving around in the early hours of the morning by himself, drunk, with a bottle of mezcal in the, in the car, shooting his gun out the window. Um, yep. Just randomly. Uh, you can't shoot your gun outside your fucking house yeah how many times do i have to tell you that uh eminem skit i heard you're shooting your gun off in the back of the studio how many times do i have to tell you put your gun away yeah so uh i can't i think there's a video of this arrest um i I, there i'm pretty sure there is a video of this arrest four days he got four days house arrest one year of supervised probation 90 days outpatient therapy and 48 hours community service uh a year later, September 23rd, 2021, Jones and Gustafson's fight at UFC 165 was inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame. Uh, duly, uh, absolutely uh, deserved, yeah. one of the greatest title fights of all time. A legendary performance by both guys. September 24th, 2021, one of Jones' daughters asks a hotel. That is the day after, by the way, for those of you listening. Um, they're still in Vegas. One of Jones' daughters asks a hotel security guard for help because of a domestic incident happening between Jones and his fiance in the hotel room. When cops arrive, his fiance has blood on her face and shirt and a swollen lip. She claimed that everyone went to sleep and Jones went out with his friends, but when he came back, he was agitated and started pulling her hair. She claims that he never hit her. Hmm. Um, when in custody, Jones started slamming his head against the hood of the cop car. There's a video of this. It's pretty brutal. Challenging the cops to a fight and threatening them. Uh, he, he damaged the cop car. He was charged with domestic battery and felony tampering with a police vehicle. Um, the domestic battery charge was dropped. The fel- the felony tampering, he pled no contest, paid a $750 fine and got like, uh, I don't know, more probation or something. He's got to have fucking 80 years of probation. by Right. Now. Um, so that is so far the last time John Jones has gotten in trouble that we know of. Yeah. That one's pretty bad. Uh, that one, um, somehow people forgot about pretty quickly. Um, there's not a lot of, I think because John hasn't fought since and he kind of just disappeared. Yeah. I think that's a quick thing. I asked Crystalia. Um, there was a global pandemic, you know? There's yeah. A, uh, and, um, he, uh, he was kicked out of Jackson Winkle, John Jim at the time, Mike Winkle, John, I kind of announced that. And he, uh, went to other places, uh, to, to, to train. He's, he's trained a lot with Henry Cejudo since coming back, which excites me in terms of seeing the product that John comes back with, though I'm t- tempering my expectations for the John Jones that we're going to see next week. Um, I'm very excited to watch this fight. Uh, a week from today, John Jones moves up to heavyweight. He's been talking about heavyweight for years. He's put on the weight. He's get, he's put in the time to actually do it properly and not artificially go up. He's He wants to actually be the size of a heavyweight when he fights at heavyweight. Uh, his neck is thick as shit, and um, he's going to fight Cyril Ghosn uh, in in one week. And Cyril yeah, Ghosn is undoubtedly the biggest overall guy he's ever fought. Uh, Cyril Ghosn is 6'5", 6'4", 6'5". He's 6'5". What's five. Cyril Ghosn's reach? Uh... Uh, 81 inches. So okay. he's only got a three and a half reach advantage. Well, and um, Gone is a legit kickboxer. Like that's his thing. Yeah, he's world yeah. class. He is. He is. Cyril Gon is one of the best strikers in MMA, most like uh, in in my opinion. Yeah, I'm uh, like, I'm interested to see what happens. I think, um, I think if it were in Ganu, 
like I think it's a lot rougher a path for Jones because Ngannou is so strong uh, and so big. Like, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you've never seen him fight at heavyweight. There's a lot of unanswered questions. Surely the dude can do it because he's a freak athlete. And, like, I just wonder, like, that last arrest, I won't, uh, since he's been... Since he's been gone, I just hope that he's worked on some of that because clearly there's something in there that's there's something going on. Like, all that stuff doesn't happen unless there's some resolved issue that exists. Yeah, you and know? he he posted something on Twitter that was like, "I have to stop drinking alcohol; it's bad for me." Like a few days later, yeah. um, I don't know how he's been. I don't. Know. I I doubt he's fully been sober, just because you doubt anybody's gone completely sober because it's such a hard thing to do with somebody when somebody has a problem, you know. Yeah. Um, I hope he's been sober, uh, but I like I said, I doubt he's been sober. He's also um, this is the, my interesting thing about the gone fight is. Gone won the first two rounds against um, Nganu, yeah. uh, striking. He outstruck Nganu. And then Nganu started wrestling him. And Nganu had a torn ligament in his knee uh, when, he, when he started wrestling him and still was able to control Gone for three rounds on the ground uh, during the fight. Nobody would say in the world would say that um, Francis Ngannou has a better ground game than John Jones. Uh, you'd yeah. have to be pretty crazy to say that. But you'd also have to be crazy to say that John has historically had an easy time taking down people who were big. And he's never fought anybody as big as Cyril Gaon. Um, yeah. And maybe that's why he stopped doing it, because it's it would become an apparent hole in his game, and he doesn't appear from all of these fights to have any hole in his game. Like, and it just, it just wasn't doing him really any good. Like, and he yeah. tried, he still tried because the one thing it does do is it's tiring to get somebody off you like that. You know what I mean? Right. But, um, he, it's just, I think, I think he can get gone down. Yeah. I don't know that he's going to win this fight. Well, Cyril gone is a dangerous, dangerous fighter. John Jones hasn't fought in three years. He's 35 years old. Yeah. Big guys age better than small guys. But I'm just very interested. Like, if this is one of the more intriguing. John Jones going to heavyweight has been like an upcoming historical event in MMA for five years or longer. He's been talking about going to heavyweight for a long time. And it's like, oh my God, when he does that, that's going to change. Like, that's going to, yeah. we finally get to see what that looks like. You know what I mean? Well, and now there are more interesting fights for him at light heavyweight. Like him and Blahovich would be a hell of a fight. I think. I think. Uh, I and I think honestly, I think he does better at heavyweight than he would at light heavyweight right now, because the his Achilles heel has always been speed. Yeah. And uh, the the light heavyweights are are faster than the heavyweights. So like, I think. Well, and that's a classic move. As you get older, you move to heavyweight because guys are slower and you can. there's longevity there. The other interesting thing, which we didn't talk about, which is uh, you sent me a clip of Daniel Cormier talking about John Jones and saying that he doesn't hit particularly hard. Punch. Uh, but As far as punching, yes. Yeah. But that he kicks really hard. Yeah. Um, that whenever, he, whenever Jones kicked him in the stomach, that was like... And you can tell the watching these fights... Yeah. How hard John Jones kicks. So I wonder at heavyweight 
you know, how his power as far as punching is going to translate. Like, is it a thing where somebody's going to have to respect his hands as, as far as danger goes? Cause like gone can knock people out, you know, Stipe yeah. knocks people out. Yeah. So, uh, Derek Lewis will knock a dude out. Like, not that John Jones is going to fight Derek Lewis, but like at heavyweight, I wonder what skills Jones has. Shit out of <laughs> yeah, I wonder what skills Jones has that will translate to a bigger, heavier guy. Yeah, and um, that's the crazy thing. Damage those guys can take. That's that's the interesting thing because you very rarely, if ever, I pretty much never, because you don't see guys who have taken prescribed time off uh, like yeah. John Jones has to actually go up and wait properly right so like most weight classes when you go up and weight, you're going up 10 15 pounds yeah um it's 20 pounds from middleweight to light heavyweight but uh heavyweight is 206 to 265 yeah so he has to go up substantially and i'm i'm very curious what he's going to weigh in at i would i i haven't seen anything reported i doubt he's at 260 i bet he i bet he weighs in at 240s um uh, i think, think gone much? is I think yeah, I think really? I think Gone is usually in the two forties, um, because I mean even when Jones was fighting at light heavyweight, he was walking around in the two twenties. You know what I mean? Um, uh, so I think he I think he probably I mean if you see, like his neck is thick as fuck right now, bro. Like yeah. uh, so, I think that's what we're gonna see. I'm very curious what's gonna happen. I might I I don't know, man. I, I on the on the spot, my guy. Who's your who am I picking? Who are you picking Saturday? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna sound so stupid. Either way, there's a chance that I'm gonna sound colossally stupid. But the more stupid one is picking Cyril Gaon. Right. Um, but you also look smarter <laughs> if you're right yeah. and you pick Cyril Gaon. Gun to my head. I think John Jones takes him down. I think John Jones gets him to the ground and beats him. Um, and not just for interest, but because I have my own uh, thoughts and superstitions about these things. I'm going to pick Cyril Gone. Yeah. Um, Jones hasn't fought in three years. It's different getting punched by a dude that's trying to hurt you than a guy that's a training partner. It's a whole new division. He's never fought a guy who's as big uh, as Cyril Gone, or really has the striking pedigree that, that Gone has. And so... Um, it's mostly the time off because every time that a dude, even a high level dude has a lot of time off and comes back, it's, there's an adjustment. Kane got knocked the fuck out by Junior Dos Santos a minute into his fight you know, <laughs> Kane, after taking a year off. Well, and but, Kane, Kane got knocked out by, uh, uh, Nganu, uh, even worse, uh, after taking some yeah. time off. Yeah. So, uh, it's not to say that Jones can't do it. Like I would not come back on this podcast and be like, oh, I can't believe John Jones won the world title. Of course he can. I just, I don't know. My, my money's on the guy that's been doing it as opposed to the guy who hasn't done it. Yeah. And I don't blame you. And I'm, I'm not sure either way. I, I, I probably will change my pick at some point. Um, yeah. I don't think I'm going to, if you, if you're betting on this fight, bet on Cyril Gunn. Um, specifically because of the odds. Um, I think, I, but a John's, John isn't even a two to one favorite. I think he's like a one, plus one fifty or 60 or bet minus on it to one, go five rounds too. <laughs> huh? Bet on it to go five rounds. Seven too. of his last nine fights have been, yeah. uh, by, by uh, decision. Uh, but what if he submits him? You know what I mean? We'll see. Uh, 
the Henry Cejudo thing is very interesting to me. I, I, I think that could really put Jones over the top um, because uh, I like that he changed camps and I like that he found a place. I don't like it when people change camps and bounce around, which I think is what John kind of planned on doing. Um, right. Well, but... he opened his own institute, didn't he? Cejudo? No, uh, Jones. Jones. Oh, I don't know. Because uh, from what I'm seeing, he's currently at... Oh, no, he was at uh, Jackson's MMA Acoma from 20... Oh, he went to another Jackson MMA thing, yeah. yeah. I forgot 2021 about that. 2021 to present, and now he's at Fight Ready, which I assume is Henry Cejudo's Fuck yeah, bro. I don't know if he's officially at Cejudo's thing, but he's been he's been working with him a lot, and that makes bro, me feel go good. go back to Team Bomb Squad. <laughs> you, <laughs> you gotta... You son of a bitch. It, the best name is the one you gotta go to. Look, um, look, at, also, look at how thick his neck is, bro. Uh, whoo... Yeah. Also, uh, best camp name of all time, the Black Zillions. Uh, just so we have it out there. Black Zillions is a pretty sick camp. That's name. a. Uh, sick you, name. We could we could have a whole. By the way, we could have a whole other podcast on the Black Zillions. It's a crazy, yeah. it's a weird, crazy place. They got Tyrone Spong, crazy mother. Um, yeah, I. Who knows? A dude like Jones, like we said, uh, I don't know if we put enough of a stamp on it. Never been knocked down. No. You know, or, crazy uh, chin. Crazy chin. Yeah, never been knocked down, never in any serious danger aside from one arm bar uh, that he was in. Everything else is decision. Decision is, uh, like we said, Andrew and I have watched a ton of MMA. I don't know that I could that I would feel confident ever scoring an MMA fight. No, me, right? I'd be terrified. I, there's times yeah. when I like I, I have opinions, you know what I mean? But if yeah. it was actually my job, oh boy, that would suck. I'd, I would be Cecil Peoples or Adelaide Bird. <laughs> yeah, so uh, this... Look, career retrospective on maybe the greatest fighter of all time. It's been a long one. Um, yeah, I have I have some pop <laughs> I have some pop culture. I will let you know. July nineteenth, day champions are born. Me and John Jones, same day. Hell yeah, good for you, dude. Different August twenty but... August twenty second <laughs> when they when he got popped for the UFC two fourteen st- uh, sample. My birthday, so uh, different. He things. counts for both of us. Yeah, we got uh, we got to go relatively quick here. I got D and D. No, that's it. I'll just say. Uh, oh, okay. That he, he and I were born same day, different years. Uh, RoboCop number one movie, Whitney, the Whitney, uh, the Whitney Houston album, number one album. That oh, album yeah. has "I Want to Dance with Somebody," maybe the greatest song of all time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's bold. <laughs> uh, 1987. Yeah. So 1987, Bon Jovi, "Slippery When Wet" is the number one album of the year. Gotta say it, uh, yeah, dude. And the number one song of the year is Walk Like an Egyptian. Get it together, 87. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, real quick, thanks to everybody who listened. Thanks to everybody who listened to this long-ass episode. Hopefully, uh, this look at Jonathan Jonas Bonus's career was mm-hmm. worth it. Uh, we'll be back next week. We're watching The Thing. Uh, we already watched it, and we recorded it, and we told you last week we were watching The Thing. I know. I got I to gotta edit that podcast and take all the John Jones stuff out of it. Next week, it's the thing, for it's sure. The thing. It's the thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no staying on that episode. And then we're coming at it like a predator. Then we're coming back at you like a predator. So, uh, uh, Kayfabe's dead. We're alive. Let's see who's right between me and Andrew. Uh, I'm sure we'll both take it gracefully if the other one wins. I'm right, going to lie and say I changed my mind. <laughs> I did I'll it literally for, kill you. I did it for Kayfabe, y'all, if you do some stupid shit like that. <laughs>